Welcome back to the only show that breaks down, cracks up, skews, and reviews each week's DC Comics. I'm the king of the vampires, Eric Shea. And I'm the purveyor of positivity, Jim Warner. And this is the Weird Science DC Comics Podcast, episode number 465. 465. I'm not the purveyor of positivity, Eric. I just wanted to throw that in there to trick you. I, I, I do. I was going to call ass. you out as a liar anyway, so <laughs> I never bought I into this. You. I'm telling you, I had a great time reading these books this week, but not in the right way, I think. I ended up almost losing my mind, and I didn't have much to, you know, start with. But here we are. We'll get into those. We have a plethora minus one of books. Yeah, we only have five books five. for the regular show <laughs> here uh, because we ended up having a TGIF. Thank God it's Friday show. It was, and we were clowning around all right because we ended up having <laughs> both the punchline, the Gotham game number three and Harley Quinn number 25 on that show. Uh, when I ended up, because when we do these things, my new thing now is to make some videos of the show as well. And when you do the videos, Eric, you have to have clickbait titles. So I just put Punchline versus Harley Quinn. Boom, Eric, I did it. I ended up also putting the reviews and stuff like that. But I want to get them in, right? I get them in with them. Them clickbait. You are the but, worst. <laughs> yeah, it, it's funny. I put that and I thought, I, I really, I struggle with the idea of, should I put that? I feel bad. And then I listened to like the first things that me and you both said. We actually say at the beginning, it's a battle between them. So I thought, all right, I'll do it. But there is a video version if you wanted to watch that as well. But here we are for our main show. And yeah, we have five books. We have some big ones, though. We have what is the Action Comics, the anniversary, whatever, 1050. This is at the end of says. Yeah, at the end, it says, welcome to the dawn of DC. I'm like, all right, here we go. So we have that. Thank you. We have the ending of the, of DC versus Vampires. I laugh because, is it, Eric? I don't know. We're going to have to figure that stone. one out. Yeah, stepping stone right to my When something heart, ends Eric. on what feels like a cliffhanger, it's like, okay, it should just say, never the end. Yeah, or, or the, the end. end? <laughs> I, I don't mark. need that. Or Finney. That's what I would like. That'd be hilarious. But we have that. And then we have some other things. We have Eric's former book of the week, Tim Drake Robin. And I'm going to tell you, I don't think that a lot of books this week were great, but I, I really don't think that's going to be your book of the week. No. I really don't. I, I know what's going to be your book of the week. I won't say it, uh, you know, uh, but we also have Blue Beetle, Eric, and oh, we also wait. have, you know, Detective Comics. So we have a couple of bangers, I guess. Uh, but the big thing that we talk about all the time is our Patreon. If you want to help support us, Going into the new year, we are recording this on a Saturday night. I'm hoping that we don't hear a lot of fireworks at any point. We usually don't go that late because people in this town are idiots. I mean, when we sit there, you say that at one point, I'm like, is it July 4th? No, it's May 10th. They're just shooting fireworks off like assholes. Look, the thing is, they will wait till midnight tonight, but then you'll hear fireworks at any given time for the next three months. That is true. But yeah, same with the 4th of July. At points when we used to have that 12-hour podcast, we definitely would have been hearing fireworks and we would have been pissed off about it. But we'll be done before that. But still, for the end of the year, I do figure and I say I'm the purveyor of positivity. I know that's a lie because I'm going to lose my mind. I'm going to cleanse out 2022 by getting really mad, I think, tonight at some of these books, oh, or at least having good. fun. And then 2023 is the positivity as we get into the dawn of DC. I've heard that before. But <laughs> one of the things, if you, yeah, in 2021, Don't 20, worry, you know, all this. can change. I remember back in 2018, I'm like, oh my, I think that this is going to be the end. I'm going to be positive. Uh, but when we go forward with this, if you want to help support us and get a ton of shows, as well, more, 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 go over to our Patreon at patreon.com 
slash weird science where you can get a plethora of shows times like 80. Also, one of the big things that we do have is our Patreon only spotlight. Two books picked by the badasses that get fresh crew each and every week. This week, they kind of picked the, some weird ones, but we ended up getting done. And these were oversized books. We got them done. We had some fun talking about them. It's John Stewart, The Emerald Knight, number one. I had to lean heavy, heavy on it. I mean, I've leaned so hard on you there. We both fell over, I think. And then when we got up, we realized neither of us knew what the hell was going on. But also we had Tales of Earth 6, a celebration of Stan Lee. And I had fun talking about that. Even when I was editing it, I was listening, kind of listening to you talk about back in the day and how you were all pumped up for the Stan Lee Earth 6 stuff. And then it kind of slapped you in the face. That was fun. Look, and if you I was young that, and naive. Yeah, and you still are. You even said in my 20s. <laughs> you were talking about all these things about what would be on your pull list if you actually went to the comic shop and bought things. And you know that all these nonsense things. This Jim Definitely. Drake book is so bad. But you you like it a little more than me, but still, that would never leave I your pull list. It, it didn't matter. Yeah, I'm, yeah, really. This one, I'm telling you. But it would never leave your pull list. It's Tim Drake. It's a Tim Robin. Drake book. You, you would have, the Young Justice Dark Crisis tie-in okay. book. You would have Tim gotten Justice. all six of those. And it's another thing. Like you aren't just a you know young. You're a completist. If you're there getting it, you're going to say, well, it's an event. It's important. You would yeah. have gotten, I think you would have gotten all those, you know, uh, worlds without a Justice League nonsense. No, you, you I would not have. You don't think you would have? Would no. you have gotten at least one? I thought that was bullshit from the get-go. Okay. So, no, like, well, the thing is, maybe, maybe I would have gotten the grown. first one. Maybe. You've grown, Eric. Well, the first one was Tom King. And so, yeah, that might have thrown you off. But would you, you would have been getting these one, uh, one bad days, though, right? These one-shot ones, because a lot of them, Penguin, the you end up I, I, Mr. I Freeze. You like these go- characters, though. The thing is, if I would have gone back to things I love, the characters, the idea of the one bad day, tying back to the idea of this is something to do with the killing joke just for an insert cash register sound, I would not have bought this. So hopefully I would have gone back and gotten the penguin because I did enjoy that, but I would have thrown these things away because how dare you? I, I actually now, again, I'm not thinking of, you know, 2001 Eric Shea. I'm thinking more about, say, a 2015 Eric Shea, who was buying everything and could not even force himself to get rid of World's Finest in, in the, the new 52. They, they were cool characters and cool books that had every opportunity to be amazing. They just never really reached that point. As two dudes just reading comics, it was as close to an abusive relationship that I've ever been involved with. Listening to you. Teen Titans going to get good. Uh, uh, you're gonna just get telling good. me that it was well, not going to treat you bad. Oh, you know, it's going to come around. It'll realize how nice I am. I can change it. Oh, my God. I just sat there like, really? And I just kept yelling at you. And you would come in. And you would get your books on the weekend and come in on Monday to work. And I'm like, so how was it? You're like, oh, man, they sucked. And then you tell me about it. That's actually, when when that was all going on, that's what led to the website and the podcast. is just me and you talking about to each other what we read. And it used to crack me up. But. You crack me up, you fly boy. But here we are, and I already mentioned the badasses of the Get Fresh crew. And here is their roll call, Eric. I couldn't find it on my list. They changed up a little bit of the thing here, but I, I don't have time to explain this. Here are the badasses. We got Michael Jordan, Eric K, Double K, Jeffrey Greek, Stephen Batdad Mitchell, The Annihilator, Ted Probst, I Love Punchline, Stork, Michael S., Cam, Matt Razor, D-Man 3000, Lady Abby, Francisco L. Rock the Third. 
Niels Tewart, David Fink, Stephen Baum, Jason Colby, Sue 42 to you and me, Michael G. Ken Halleck, Comic Boom Rocky. He has a pretty good best of the year for him on his YouTube channel. Check that out. Crispy Kringles. Oh, my. He stays Still. the same. Mark Jagger. Well, it's the holiday season. Yeah. Mark Jagger, Aldrin Stoshit, Nick Adams, Ruben, Carlos, No Wolf Marv, Matthew Rapier, Luke Hollywood, Simon, Luis, Man Ship. Still haven't heard from him. I sent him a couple messages. I don't know what's going on. He's ghosted me. Andrew in Belfast, Swanee, Anthony G, Joshua Million, my man Pete from NYC, mm, Batman Beyond Mark, mm, Batman Beyond Marker, our man Rob Lewis, Steve Muir, Brandy Murray, he's up there in Buffalo under snow, and double A Ron in Minnesota doxing his ass. Boom, I even played around. Got it right. And Reggie. Was Ultimate that you playing around or badass. screwing up? That's, you know, come see, come see. Batman Beyond Mark Eric. got two. What's yeah, that about? Well, it's because I like saying, mm. I said it mm. again just to do that again. I don't know why I said, mm, mm. before. So I was repeating. Uh, but I knew what I was doing. I was making a joke. You didn't get it. But I, didn't. I guess that's how we play the, the game, Eric. That's how it'll be a lot for everybody listening as well. I don't know. Some of these books are a bunch of a joke. What do you think of that? But we're going to go off to these. We have some big stuff. I got to talk to Eric about what we'll start the next section with in between. So that's a little bit of a mystery. We've already decided. Right? Well, we did, but I don't really have a great song to start with that. It all goes down to the that song. That doesn't matter. I still can do the song anyway, you I can. guess. But we'll see. We'll see what song I'm talking about in just a minute. With an ancient deed in their hand Walking through the streets of Gotham in the rain They brought a big guy with them they call Gilten Claw He's got the old asthma running in his veins See two fish standing at the door. Let's not go in. Ubu got mutilated late last night. Werewolves and Gotham again. Yes, Eric, the werewolves are in Gotham. The Asmers out and about. We have no idea what that is. a lot is. of things and out and about. It reminded me of the idea where we did end up having Ra's al Ghul uh, murdered, assassinated, killed, whatnot. Oh, Geoforce, why would you do such a thing? But in Bad that... Ubu really didn't have much purpose to serve. So the idea that he ended up dying, eh, well, Ubu, Eric. And, Ubu. Then, and then as I'm thinking about that, I thought, you know what? Remember, people were so up in arms because they thought that Flashpoint Beyond had spoiled the end of Dark Crisis because Rachel Ghoul was there talking to Batman in that 
about things that were going on and how's Robin, you know, Damien doing and all that. That kind of got swept under the rug, and I don't even know what any of that means now. I mean, there's a lot of things we're going to talk about even tonight. I don't know what the hell they mean, but we're going to have a positive attitude, Eric. We're going to be here. We're going to be clear, and we're going to be in your face is what I say. But we have books here that we have written reviews on our site for these things. If you want to check out the written word and the written review, uh, I think that maybe a Rom V, he might like the written word. He likes to listen to himself at least right, I guess. But you end up going over to our website. It is weirdsciencedccomics.com. Check out all of those. And here we are, Eric, and we're making a change. Even though we ended up having the old Werewolves of Gotham song there. Good song. We're going to change things up there. We're going to end up, and thankfully, I will give some props to Ram V. He ends up taking so damn long with his stories. I'll be able to play that thing for three years, I think. We're just going to keep <laughs> leaning on that one. It's never going to end. But here we are. We're going to make a change. We ne- we always have since the very beginning. We would say, and I remember when we first, I think I do remember, the first time, you know, we never really planned things out. So when we started reviewing the book, start the podcast, I think at one point I might have said, like, well, what do you want to do? Start with, like, Batman or something? And you end up, as you always do, you had to come in. With your big How Eric energy. You. Yeah, basically, in my mind, what you said, of course we're going to start Thank with Batman. Thank you, goddamn idiot. Yeah, that's what I'm telling you. I, Jesus, I, what I can, re- I can remember hearing this in my head of you going, yeah, really? Of course we're going to start with Batman. That's so, when the hearing came back after that backhand I gave you. Yeah, exactly. All this ringing going on. Uh, and so with all that, we've always done that. Batman and then Superman, if they're the same deal, which a lot of times they are. and action was always after detective comics because we went we're switching it up you had said it and i was thinking about it today as well it's weird that it took us till now to do this because action comics has been so much better than batman and we kind of do our detective Detective. comics we have been we kind of play that game a bit of where the books lie as me and you with a little wink wink of what we thought of them or whatnot but we are going to talk about action comics first that screws up my song i think but you could Keep that in mind for later. There's not really any werewolves yet in this action comics. We had Laurent. Yeah. He made me laugh. Remember when we had him run around? Isn't he out with Chase Cameron chasing yeah, the moon detective agencies? Chase Cameron with that too. But I'm thinking of way back when we had a bunch of wacky stories. And I'm talking way, way back. And I'm thinking of, remember when we had that story with those mutant kids? That were running around wasn't Laurent no. on that one as well. <laughs> uh, I'd have to I'd have to remember what I'm talking, talking about. I don't about even the know what I'm talking about. No, no, I'm not. No, I'm talking about at one point where I think it was Superman and he had to save these monstrosities and we laughed uh, no, the, the thing whole is, time. I, I do remember this because that was all part of the DCYOU aspect of all the Superman comics that ran together when Superman was depowered. That's it what was it was. Awful. It was part of that. It was part of that. Superman deal where he was good. Remember that where he's running around. We said that he was like, go that way, kids. From wrath. <laughs> and he was running away. Oh my, that was great. Oh, those days. I actually ended up saying in the Slack that some of these books, especially Detective Comics, it is hearkening back to the golden age of the podcast where we would just come on and make fun of dialogue, go nuts about say Steve Orlando's dialogue and things like that. I think Randy is getting around that way. And it might be fun, but we're not going to start with that. We're going to start with Action Comics, as we said, because this is the big book of the week. It is setting up. The the end of an era. Yeah, it is. And it's setting up this new dawn of DC at the end. It says it. 
And you see things being put into place, and I don't mind this, but really what this issue more in my mind is not an inventory issue, but more of putting things in place in the inventory to get things ready. We're fixing things that writers have came in and destroyed, and we want to go in a new direction, so we have to set everything up, take an entire oversized issue to do so, to get us back on track with what people love about Superman. Exactly, and people seem to like this issue, and I like it enough. I just actually wish it could have been, you know, the celebration that maybe it should have been, not just let's fix up all the fuck-ups that had been before and go forward, but I still ended up liking it enough. Uh, You give the credits, and we'll go into it. Action Comics number 1050, written by Philip Kennedy Johnson with art by Tom. I'm sorry, it was Philip Kennedy Johnson, Tom Taylor, and Joshua Williamson with art by Mike Perkins, Clayton Henry, Nick Dragata, Frank Martin, and Dave Sharp. And in this whole thing, the idea that Bendis went, told us, Bendis came out online and told us with the identity of Superman revealed that'll give us, a, what, a thousand and one thousand stories, stories that we can said, tell. Yeah. And the whole idea of that, we never saw one of those goddamn stories except for maybe Superman, Son of Kal-El, where we had... <laughs> We had Bendix drop a freaking post-human. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm waiting for 999. Now, we kind of get that here, so I'm waiting for the other 998 there. But it is it's ending up. I'll give credit to Johnson, Taylor, and Williamson here as they do this. If it was me, I would have been throwing mucho shado over at Bendix. They do end up almost saying that he fucked Lois by doing it. But other than that, they, yeah. Well, other than that, they kind Even of the say idea it okay. by the end. We are giving Superman his secret identity back, and apparently, if you ever do learn his identity, it'll give you a goddamn stroke. So, never learn the identity of Superman at this point in time. But the idea of, out there that this screwed over Lois Lane because no longer is she a Pulitzer Prize-winning journalist; she is Superman's wife. What about John Kent? We saw in his first issue of Superman: Son of Kal, he had to be Finn Connors to try to go to college, and it only worked out for like you know the beginning of a day, and then it was over. At least now, John Kent can go back and get his college degree. So we are setting things up so the family can have aspects of their lives outside of Daddy Dearest. Well, and you had that thing where Tom Taylor seemed to be setting up that he was going to have a story where the world was going to clap back at John for being bisexual, and now they won't know. They won't know that Superboy or whatever he goes by going forward is anything because they're not going to be able to connect him with Jay Nakamura, it seems. So even when you have that where they really spell it, who are you? What are you supposed to be here? Okay. Whatever, it kind of fades away as it goes. It's weird. Sound the satellite. Uh, yeah, it's, and that's what it is. This is like if you were reading Grayson when they end up because Dick Grayson's memory was out there, they hit the sound the satellite, Identity. it goes and does things. You end up having it recently with Daredevil and, you know, the whole thing with Kingpin and stuff like that. So they do this a lot. There's nothing that feels fresh about it, but most people are in agreement that it's good to have the secret identity because I agree. what it, it's and here's the thing you love when and we have it in blue beetle you love when the heroes have jobs yeah. to me the idea of having the identity and things like that all it ends up doing is is nonsense you end up oh no that person's getting attacked again oh no that building and so it always ends up getting away from things the job to me is the same thing with Oh, we're going to watch him wash dishes instead of being a superhero. If you do it right, everything could be good. Man, that's the guy's got to eat. Let's go pay the bills. I don't mind it in Blue Beetle because you don't really do much. He's just doing, oh, man, I messed up an How order. All oh, right, that's cool. Go. But when you end up having I'm this. trying hard. I, I, yeah, he is. But uh, that's okay. And actually, when we do have this, I don't mind it as much for a younger hero like Jaime. But when you end up where they're older and they're they it just it makes me sad. Eric, I don't want to think that these heroes have to work at it's always diners too. Really, because from what I heard as a kid, they don't check any paperwork at those diners. You know, only Clark Kent 
can stroll into Metropolis and become an award-winning journalist without well, any I, I sort see, of credentials, right? Well, that's the thing. I want to see Clark Kent at college years where he had a journalism degree or something along those lines because I want to know how his ass got a social security card. Exactly. They're like, can, can we have your social security number? He's like, one. He doesn't know, right? And there you go. But one of the funny plays in here, as they go through it, and it is Lex Luthor who is going to do this, I like the jealous play of Lex Luthor here of why he does it. It's not as nefarious as you would think. It's a vendetta. It is a vendetta. Now I wondered what you would think when you're going to go fully with when we were growing up in Smallville. I mean, they bounce around well, no, with this deal all the time. And I like it just being one thing. And I like the Lex. I've never been a huge fan of Smallville. Like, I like you know, it. Not Smallville, but like Superboy, like in Smallville timeline with Lex Luthor being a part of the community and stuff along those lines. I've never been a huge fan, but we talked about, like, we didn't talk about it, but Jeff Johns put it in back in continuity at the end of Doomsday Clock. And now we at least get to see that it's still a thing going on in the DC continuity. Well, it's not something I agree with or not agree with, but just not something I'm a fan of. I know you're not I'm a okay fan with of it, it because it's what happened in this continuity. And I'm okay with and that. I, We're talk I, about I it. always sure. like it. It makes me smile. It makes me giggle. And when you do this, though, even with it already Doomsday, because some people will argue to this day that Doomsday Clock is its own separate thing and y- you never know. But now we're at the dawn of D.C., this gives me hope, that little bit where he says that. he just It's just thrown in there so we know a continuity. Gives me hope that we're going to start nailing shit down. We need to know this stuff. You can't jump around with it. And then you end up having this, all right, we'll go with it, whether it or not it means anything, if people think it's fun, whatever. But I do like it. But it really ends up being that deal that Lex was a loner. He needed somebody that was like him, never realized that Clark was like that he was a loner himself but never told him his identity and then told the world and lex is jealous that's all it's very it is. smallville tv show about yeah it. and i i liked it though i like this idea where you almost get that look because lex is getting very very dark i mean in this manchester black sayonara sucker he's been doing oh, the no. stuff with with you know metallo and all this where we said remember i said the last time we had the bit i said he's a little more scummy than i'd like i i'd like no, no, I agree. This whole thing that we have with Lex Luthor, because he even talks about his like little stint with Perpetua during uh, Death Metal and all. It was a Death Metal. Again, nailing sinks down. Yeah, it's Death Metal. But the idea of like where we are now, because he spent so much time trying to like tell folks that like, hey, that wasn't like you know me. I, I screwed up. Apex Lex. It was a thing that just you know creation goddess kind of did to me. It wasn't my fault. And then he spent all that time getting his billions back to the point where we're just going to have a vendetta, Lex, who's almost to the idea where Manchester Black, like you know was his inside man for Superman and Authority and everything that Superman did on Warworld. So now Lex has access to the Warworld alien technology. He has access to Manchester Black, who's strapped up here. And it's when Manchester Black starts talking crap about the idea, you know, I used to be against Superman, and then I drank the Kool-Aid, and it turns out I actually like the guy. He's doing some good work. And you want to know what he talked about without you this whole time? He never talked about you. For all the vendettas you have, all these plans and machinations that you put together against this, this Man of Steel... He doesn't even think about you once. And this is the thing that makes it like, all right, fuck it. We're going to make sure that I'm the only one who knows that Superman is who he is. The rest of the world can forget about it because this is going to be my power. And ultimately, it seems like a weird situation, though, because like I said, he went through all this stuff to become Lex Luthor again, have his company back, all his billions of dollars. And even the idea when Superman shows up, because he wants to know, what did you do, Lex? Why did you kill Manchester Black? All of this stuff. It almost seems like the idea he wants to go back to being super Lex again. Like he oh, wants that, to that's be. That's what got me too. And I was telling you beforehand, we were talking about things, and I said, 
some of this all seems like been there, done that. And I said, there's something else I'm forgetting. It's the Superlex stuff. Yeah. It really feels like that. I wish that if you're doing that, I wish he would have fully went with it saying, listen, I really like that. People like me. I, I love Superlex. They hate me now. We loved it. And remember, at that point, there was even that little play of him almost finding out John was, oh, yeah. you know, John. And he kept remembering. Yeah. You even brought it up until this day, I remember. And it actually is funny because as I read more, it was the Norman Osborne effect. Every time Norman would be about to find out or find out something, <laughs> he'd get knocked out. And that's what happened. Lex kept getting knocked out, which is always a fun play. I will say something, too. In a way where I said that I'm surprised because I would have really, you know, disbended some more. I actually, as I'm looking at this, realize, and did, I don't know why I didn't realize it before, but the Lex that's bringing back the identity, or, you know, secret identity, it, it's Bendis. I mean, at one point where you have him laughing and he says, thank you, Manchester, it's fully drawn from a Bendis picture that I've even seen. So they are kind of giving, I, maybe it's props, hey. He's the one who took it away. We're going to let him give it back. I don't think that Brian Michael Bendis has ever looked that menacing in his life. No, I don't know well, what you're talking he might. about. He's a nice guy. I mean, everything that we say about it, but it's also in a wink, wink, too. Him and Mike Perkins are pretty good friends, yeah. and I think he's kind of like nudging him there. Look, we're going to let you get it back as the evil Lex Luthor. It's kind of a funny play. But when he ends up saying that, thank you, Manchester, it looks exactly like him. So that's kind of a funny. It's not a diss. I think they're kind of doing a wink wink to it but in all of that i guess you, you set up some things that i don't mind now budging it and saying well we made this protocol so this couldn't affect Blackout. The, you know the, the deal where when everybody's going to forget but the superheroes they won't i don't mind though you have bits of it because everything is the epicenter of this whole thing once we flip the switch fry manchester black's mind and use this psychic push to go all over the world to make everybody forget superman and if they ever do remember they'll have a stroke and even the idea that everything's been printed about clark Kent and superman if they ever read this their mind will not allow them to understand what they're at looking at at least they brought that up and we I, talked I, about I it, in this, it on the satellite with nightwing like I'm like that shit's all over the newspaper how are we going to exactly. make people forget how, that nightwing is dick grayson and so at least they bring it up and it's like one of those things where your brain you know, changes things that don't make sense for your yeah. brain, and that's the deal. And it, okay, I'm I'm fine with that. I'm not gonna. I don't think but anybody's the, gonna complain about getting the secret identity back anyway. But at least they're covering the bases. But but our loopholes in the situation was that everybody is going to the Kent family farm for dinner. Jay Nakamura, the Kents, everybody who you care about who would know Superman's identity. Since we have that psionic shield, that hip blocks telepathy, telekinetic, yep. all that, everything like that. Batman talked about. When that pulse goes around the world, wiping everybody's mind of Clark's identity, everybody's inside of this bubble. They're all safe. They all know, and they, they're protected from this going forward. Everybody in the Justice League, they have a Martian Manhunter telepathic blocker set up in their mind, so everybody on the Justice League knows that Clark is Superman. Then I just sit there and I wonder after the fact, because we have all of these characters, let's just say they're off planet. Let's just say this, that, or the other thing. Like There are so many people that would still know that Clark Kent is Superman, who aren't affected by a bubble at the Kent farm, who don't have a Justice League telepathic blogger, and who just might happen to be off-planet at this point in time. Did you know that Martian Manhunter put a telepathic blocker in all of the heroes to, to make sure this sort of thing didn't happen? Because do you think they do? We're, we're starting to get to where I think somebody's going to be like, what the hell are you doing here, Martian Manhunter? It's identity like, crisis. That's what I was thinking. It's identity crisis, the whole deal where you could play something off of it, like, we didn't know that this was going okay. on. Like, I want to imagine it, like a newer hero, say sideways. He's on the scene. He helped in Dark Crisis. They're like, by the way, 
got to go in this room here. We we want you to meet a guy, a smart man hunter. Here well, he is. Thing is like, I, I don't want to say it's a telepathic blogger because that's like saying, look, our hero's minds will never be taken over again because that shit will happen day after day. But I want to think that it has something to do with the Martian Manhunter telepathic comms that they have all set up whenever they're doing something Justice Leaguery. But then that's weird. Like you take it up. It, it's weird. And it seems a little sus in my like, mind. All we have is Martian Manhunter. We have Martian Manhunter being quato. Like, he just go off to the room. We're all hanging out. Like, open your mind, Justice yeah, League. And I'm all of a sudden, we have yeah. a second connection. Holy shit, Clark Kent? Really? It's funny, but I thought right away, they can't get to, like, you don't want to get too involved in the explanation because then you're saying that down the line, old Eric Shea. Wait a second. How is his mind controlled? There was a mental blocker there that did this. I'm like, oh, well. And then they'll say, well, it was fried. Like, it's one use only. Uh, But you end up that will give everybody, and in a funny way, you know, to really – the Peter Parker, Spider-Man, Mary Jane fans, they're never going to not get shoved and digged at with the idea, oh, by the way, Lois will still know. That you guys are married. I won't get into the marriage. Yeah, so it's kind of a funny little play. Almost like, look, over here. It's funny, too, because over at DC, DC's so against marriage and this whole deal where they had to have rebirth and apologize for it. Now they're, you know, clapping back at the whole, oh, look, over at DC, we allow these things to continue. Not really, but yeah, they have that. And so you end up, the people that you want to have, you know, remember things, yeah. they will. That, that's it. And I think that it might have been Justice an interesting members, thing. Kent family, the end. Yeah, and, and Jay Nakamura. I thought it would and be so, kind yes. of a, a, an interesting thing if Jay wouldn't have, you know, if he wasn't in that bubble. Might have been an interesting Honestly, thing to see how it I goes. I don't think he should have been because now that he's the only person who's all about spreading the truth and stuff like that, he's definitely becoming a goddamn bad guy. <laughs> yeah, well, you've been waiting for it all along. But, yeah, you have this. And I, I do like the dialogue between Lex and Superman. Superman also is really pissed. I mean, you're messing with. And when he says about, yeah, you, your son's a little off, like he's not great. He does attack him. And at a point where Lex is really hinging on Superman doesn't kill. You almost get to the point of, is he going to this time? You know, he won't. But at least it was, you know, in there that ooh, he's really, really upset here. And I did like well, that. And I, I it liked comes the along things going. A lot of weird things because when we have, you know, the catalyst for this whole thing, we have Lex kill Manchester Black, sends that pulse out there so everybody forgets. And we all find out about this from the Superman family perspective when Perry White shows up for dinner and then he's presented with Clark and John as the two Supermen and it makes his mind kind of snap to the point where he has a stroke. So Superman's pissed. Perry White's in the hospital. He can't know this because it would kill him. We find out this will happen to a lot of people if this happens. So Clark confronts Lex and Lex is ready for him with a Jimmy Olsen signal watch that he built himself that I think actually hurts Superman. Man's hearing more than just signals. Yeah, really. Him. It, does. It, it really signals him real, you know, strongly. It triggers his ass with what happens. Things but big, we... too. It's like when it reminds me of like something like it doesn't look like a sleek, cool, expensive no, it watch. Doesn't. It looks like, doesn't it? It looks like one of those like really clunky, big things that, oh, come on, Lex. You're a little more sexy this, than that. I'm telling you, he has a big, clunky watch. And even the idea where you see his super suit is like, then I will give them the best version possible, my Superman. And you see the super, like, Lex suit, but a new version of it, what's, what's clunky as hell. And I'm like, the old one was a lot cooler. Oh, I don't know the, what the old one, that one was but, so But awesome. this one sucks. But then you just have the idea where Superman and Lex are going to fight because Superman's not going to be about any of this. Then you just have a gigantic version of the Lex power suit that for some reason has a gigantic E on the belt. And I have no idea why. But within this whole thing, you're getting the vendetta 
vendetta against Lex Luthor and Superman kicking off now that he's back on Earth. And it's just a big ass fight for the majority of this like 1050 issue, which also shows the idea that like we've killed Manchester Black. And even though I liked him on Superman, the authority for what he was doing within that story. He's like anarchy to me when anarchy dies. Oh no, say it ain't so. Because he's dead. I don't care. I've never liked, has notoriously never liked Manchester Black. I'm happy he's gone because now we never have to see the elite again. But we're setting up the new status quo. Of Lex Couldn't Luthor they put him in Superman. like, you know, off and do like in a cow or something? Well, That'd be cool, right? Well, the thing is, even with uh, Manchester Black, we saw his mind was fried, but we saw that with the different psychics during like, you know, what was that? No justice with Scott Snyder or we killed Brainiac and all those other psychics up there. They're dead until they showed up next week. So it doesn't so really matter. Dead. Exactly. But even when you have this, we're continuing the idea of what happened to Superman on Warworld with the Genesis fragment that upped his powers. Didn't cause the withdrawal that it should have, but it upped his powers and it seems that he still has the powers of that, maybe a little bit of fire of Olgrim uh, at this point in time. Because when Lex knocks his ass for a loop, Superman is able to come back and talk about, essentially, you thought I was a god before, you ain't seen shit. So we have an enhanced Superman on top of all this. And I just want to know, though, we have this situation where Lex Luthor has set up Metallo to come back. He has, you know, the new Red Sin character going up against John Kent. And we have the blackout situation that's going on right now where the world doesn't remember the Clark Kent of Superman. Why would Lex Luthor, unless he's playing a long game that I don't understand, especially because, like I said, spending all that time getting his reputation back, getting his money back, his company back. Why would he allow himself now to play this out to the point where he's put back in jail for the murder of Manchester Black? I'm like, Again, though, you always have like to go with Lex the idea me. that he has a plan, but that is true. He doesn't have to reveal any of this. And again, I don't know that anybody loves Manchester Black. I mean, Manchester Black is the kind of, you know, if you don't have Constantine around, let's get the other smoking bread. He can come <laughs> in, right? So he shows up and he has this, you know, Union Jack t-shirt. That's always cool. But I like the play. Well, I like the play in in two things with him. I do like when he says, and you kind of get that idea that no matter what, besides Lex, and maybe even Lex, because, you know, you kind of think maybe Lex has a thing for Superman. But the idea where you you know what I'm saying, me and you might hate Superman, but I'm telling you, I think that there's a way that you get near this guy and kind of hang with him for a couple of days. I don't think there's a way to not like him. I think he's Superman. I mean, there he is. And you see him say, you go off to War World and see him without power, sacrificing himself and things. You are going to get on board. I don't even think you have to sip the Kool-Aid. You're there, you know, making it up for everyone else as well. And so then I like that. But I also like when Superman says to Lex, listen, this guy, I wish he went like really into it. This guy's a piece of shit. This Manchester Black is scuzzbum central. Well, he's like, I never liked him. He was smug. He smoked. And I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> and the world's better off with him gone. And and then Superman says, but listen, I know he, he's the worst. But you know what? When the chips were down, he helped people for no other reason. He helped me when the Justice League wouldn't. He ended up, and that's the great line. The Justice League said line. no. He said yes. And I'll give everybody in this issue credit for at least one big thing they are using a lot of the stuff that they were handed i mean manchester black that was a grant morrison authority thing for like that what generation story yeah philip kenny johnson had to shove it in and yeah we might have said during the war world saga well where did he go he didn't do much but at this point he's using it now in a way that a lot of times will praise people even like a jeff johns oh my god he's making it work in this they are making these things work they're making the idea of 
redoing the bubble around the Kent farm work with the identity. They're making things make sense and make it work. Lex feels weird to me. Lex has felt weird. I said before, and I'm telling you right now, I'm looking at that that power suit has to go. It's terrible. It's awful. I mean, not even that. The Superman suit that he has put together that he shows Superman, awful. This power suit, awful. I'm like, why don't you look cool like you did in Forever Evil? He makes this this huge clunky watch. Then you go and I'm like, oh, here you are, steampunk Charlie in this one when he gets what, to that. I, but now he's there. Is, I'm like, are you, you know, to infinity and beyond? This power suit he has looks like an Imaginex Lex Luthor I have with a gigantic power suit to this little Fisher Price toy. The thing is, it's like Buzz Lightyear without the buzz, Eric. It's terrible. He's there, his little, his little teeny head in that thing. It looks goofy. And then he's, you know, he thinks that he's upping the ante with that green tie. And also the, uh, you know, the, the thing on the spike. The, what is that called? The, the mace the or whatever. The spike. You know, he's got that weapon that he's carried around. I, for some reason, I can't remember what they're the called. Mace? That he's standing there. But it's like on the chain. He's okay. off the chain, the Eric. It's just, yeah, I'm like, that's not up in the end. He looks like a fool. Uh, he looks goofy. But again, is he trying? Like, usually the play of this would be, okay, Lex wants them. And he did it with John. You know, and Bendix did as well. He wants to do something to make Superman look bad while he's doing it. So, no, no, he's just in jail. His yeah. ass is in jail, and it's kind of confusing why. And also, if you go through, and I saw some people, I, I thought that the art at points was good, but it's very uneven in my mind, and I don't no, love I the that. styles together. Uh, Clayton Henry, who I usually like, he's the one who does, like, the cartoony parts of it. And me and you were talking, he does real thin bodies and faces. The, the thin face, bug-eyed Superman bothers me. Yeah, that doesn't feel like Superman. But then when you end up getting him, and, and we actually were enjoying Mike Perkins more as we got some oh, yeah. of the things that he did uh, with Bendis and things like that. But you end up with here, there is a part where he even goes and it's Henry Cavill as Superman. There's a, a one panel that looks like that. And he seems sure to be, does. you know, giving looks some good. people some wink winks. It does. It looks really good. I don't know if I love it for a Superman book. It's a real gritty style, but what we get in it is pretty good. And then, you know, you're going into this and everybody probably is reading this thinking they're not here to say, okay, what are they going to fix? You want to see what's going to go forward. And how things are And I think that maybe you could have done it in a different way Where we could have saw more of like Hey, this is definitely Joshua Williamson And this is the bit that he's going to do You know, six, seven pages, boom Or this is Tom Taylor Like you end up seeing the John Kent stuff It's just like a page and a half And yeah. I, I wanted more of that John I actually has wanted to see more and He digs it He thinks it's great He's like, that, you know, that's John They without don't the know who I am And even at Starbucks They write the, my name on my coffee wrong They put an H in there And he's like this is the best. <laughs> it's like such an old joke, but it's okay. Uh, but the stuff they're fixing, they're setting up Lex as a evil, but then he's in jail. We'll see what that goes with. And well, that's then- the thing. With Lex Luthor in jail, we know they're coming out of like, you know, what he called the blackout, which is everybody know- not knowing Superman's identity anymore. We have Red Sin going to go on for some John Kent stuff, and we have Metallo showing up to go against Superman once again. So I like all that. I just wish when we had the Metallo, which is our final story in this 1050 looks issue. like Wrong Turn a little. If Wrong, do- turn was act- if wrong Turn was in shape, it'd be pretty much Wrong Turn. But I really wish that part of the story would have been the first part of the story just because it's been something that we've been dealing with in action comics and it just seems like it takes place earliest because Lex Luthor's like, he's in a suit not as a hologram he doesn't need to be there but now that he's in prison it just feels odd but I just don't understand the turn we're taking with the tallow because 
And Tyler was in a body that was falling apart. He wanted to die. Lex Luthor pretty much said, I'm going to give you a new body because I got a job for you. Gave him a new body. He's like, and then uh, John's all like, I'm not helping you. He's like, well, I'm going to take your sister if you don't help me. And also it seemed like John was dying previously. So not only did we give John a new body and give him incentive to help Lex Luthor take on Superman once again, but then on top of that, we give him another new body for this one where it's the john corbin skin so you have the like you know the fleshy metallo but this one's also different where i don't know i'm pretty sure they said previously that john corbin was going to die like finally his mind was dying and we're going to fix this whole situation but we give him another new body where is the human fleshy stuff and but it also is the version of him where it's the first time forever that he could actually touch things like his, whatever this new oh, body yeah, is he, he has physical things, sensation yeah. he can exactly he has all his senses said and he never had previously in his other metallo forms I'm just wondering, though, we gave John Corbin this new body. We're going to send his ass out with his kryptonite heart to go take on Superman once again. But with all of these new senses that he can feel that he always wanted as a new body to actually have a human, like you know, all the senses that a person would have. Is he going to feel all of the pain when Superman kicks his ass? Yeah, I think he would. I thought you were going to say, like, now he's just got what he wanted. And he's just no, no, go I just... For some reason, it made sense for a robot man who's going to fight Superman to have no feeling because you have to take all that damage. But now you're an indestructible machine who can feel pain. It's the worst thing ever. Yeah, he's probably going to feel pain. And then it'll be, I'd, I'd love it where he ends up, he starts fighting Superman. He's like, this shit sucks. <laughs> I really don't like this. I don't honestly, like he is not passing for human. As soon as somebody sees this face of him, this mole man face he has, I'm telling you, the thing is, I don't mind the art, but for whatever reason, this John Corbin face is awful. I like the killing. He likes the killing. He does. He does. He's ready to go. And there, there again, I love the idea where I'm going to go with Lex in jail is what you always say. We ended up even having it in I Am Batman with the, what, Man Ray. Ooh, he went into jail because that's where they go to really set the plan. I'm, dude, I'm hoping. And that's what it must it be. It feels I mean, weird for Lex to go back to this. If you have a hologram already, you know, I don't know. It's It's weird overall. Like I said, I wish that there was more of a defined deal and a couple more pages for some of the things like the John stuff and the and stuff. And I don't know what they're doing with Strikers. I don't know what they're doing with Strikers Island and Metropolis either because Lex Luthor's there. And whatever this facility they built now, it looks like it's fucking Cloud City. And it looks like he's being covered by more people than Superboy Prime when the Green Lantern surrounded that red sun and kept him inside because he is surrounded by all of these guards while he's in a bubble by himself on this Cloud City penitentiary. Yeah, it, it's it's funny. You know what? It reminds me of Cloud City, and then inside it reminds me of where they imprisoned Magneto in the movie. Yeah. Because he's just there, and Superman's going to come play chess with They him. even have a like a, a bridge that drops off. You have to form the bridge to get to him in this giant chasm room. Exactly. I mean, this but I understand is, is he is a bad guy. He's, one of the, he's the smartest man in the DC universe, but still, he killed one like, British psychic. Is this really going to get you That this? is true. Also, I just want to point, like, the city of tomorrow, it's today. Look at those buildings, too. And it just, it, I wish it was Strikers Island and we kind of got the idea this was somewhere else. Like, they ended this up. This is future state Strikers Island. Seriously, though, if you're going to do this, put this Strikers Island in the Phantom Zone. Really, if you're going to go through the whole deal. But this doesn't seem like, you know, Metropolis type things here. This really feels like Star Wars going on here. And it's crazy. You even have, like, look at those B-Wings. droids. Look at these things going on. I know. Look at this damn thing. Look at all, like, Luke is going to come in and start yelling about the blast shield being down no, there. All those it's impossible. Oh, <laughs> oh, but I do like some of the plays, and, and in that we already lying. know. There are probe droids around the goddamn freaking Yeah, they're all the around him. I mean, he, this guy can't even, like, breathe. He's going to be done. 
I'm surprised we don't see those little mouse droids going down the corridors. Yeah, you know, that is pretty funny. Uh, you end up where the big play is. The John Kent, I know. The John Kent stuff, it, you know, if you have looked at some previews and things, this isn't spoiling anything, but it's going to be that miniseries where Valzad and him go off to try to take down Ultraman, who John has, you know, a little personal it's vendetta against for having that, uh, because he's going around and killing all the Superman variants through the multiverse. And it's funny because in our TGIF, we were laughing at the idea that the Harley, the Harley who laughs was doing it, and it's already cliched and tropey, and we've seen it so many times. Well, I, I forgot again, that I, it was in this issue then. I feel and I'm like, we did crap. that in the New 52 with the we idea did. of Calvin Ellis and Super Doom, and I even feel like we did something suited to that when we had, I forget what the big bad was, but he was grabbing Superman from throughout the multiverse to use their life force to feed, the, feed him. I believe it was Prophecy who was going through the multiverse and grabbing all the Superman in that crazy multiplicity story. But Captain Carrot was there. Yeah, he was there. Hey, why not? He just went there to bunny around there. But I look forward to all the stories that they're setting up here. The idea that Clark gets his identity back. We have John Kent traveling the multiverse with Valzon to take on Ultraman. Mwah, I can't wait to see more of that. Even the idea that a tower is back, large and in charge, and going to take on a Man of Steel. I've been waiting to see that for years now. So all of these things, besides for the way that Lex Luthor's been acting, I'm telling you, Lex, is, um, Lex Luthor, I love. I'm telling but you, I'm always a pro Lex Maybe guy. they're playing He's this weird. up, right? Maybe he, because we keep saying more and more that he's not acting like himself, especially even in this where he's like, man, I'm trying to redeem myself or at least make people think I look okay and I'm going to be the super Lex. But he's not playing up the game good enough to be the super Lex again that people would get behind. He seems unhinged. He seems over the top more than he usually is. Usually Lex is behind the scenes. Like some of the play was when he came back and got his money. And yeah. you can never trace He's it back to him. calculating and controlled. And then when they end up where even Mercy Graves goes to him, sir, did you do that? And he's like, you'll never know. And walks I away. Like, like you I don't like know. Like, that's the best. That's the best, Lex, where you're like, did he do that? Because, boy, that's effed up if he did. Effed up, Eric. But if he did. I'll never I tell. like that. Because he's so smart that almost he, he doesn't even know what he did. And so I like, but this is like right on Front Street being evil and admitting to it. And, like, really inviting Superman. Hey, I hit the signal watch. Hey, I know Jimmy had that. By the way, I killed Manchester Black. Let's off go the fight jail. on the moon. You go. Yeah, it was very odd play of what he's doing. But I would think that this is some sort of plan, some sort of thing. I mean, if we end up having it where Lex is just like, I need to be somewhere where I'm not going to get killed. And the safe, he's in the safest place on Earth. It has to be. With all that shit around him trying to keep him from getting out. He's safe. He's there. Maybe that's the play. I don't know. Uh, but overall, like I said, the art's uneven, but it doesn't throw me off. And some of the stuff either. made me smile. Uh, the Henry Cavill stuff actually is pretty cool. When you see that one panel, it's like, oh, that's awesome. Uh, and I'm not even a, a big fan of that, but I do like that. And I'm excited about these books. They seem like they have some different things. You you fix some stuff. And I think it's a good play to have John. Oh, the Superman titles look stronger than ever after this going yeah, into I think, the dawn and, of the DCU. And they, they had been, like, Action Comics has been good. People hadn't been reading it. But Joshua Williamson, whether we like him or not, him being on Superman, I think that's going to give it a push. And then hopefully people end up. And remember, not even in this, you have Dan Jurgens in Action Comics as well doing the Lois and Clark Convergence-type young John when they came back to Earth and they were, you know, raising John. So people will get to see that a bit in the flashback story. And then you have Leah Williams on Power Girl, which is bound to be hilarious to talk about. Her. You you haven't really witnessed. Look, look, I haven't, but I look forward to a Power Ooh, Girl. Hey, we'll see. 
And again, it That's might be something you, you like to get sexy. Uh, you might I do. like it. I am. A bit of she does, she does too a bit, so you might like it. Uh, but we'll see. A lot, a lot of times it's real heavy exposition that gets me. But we'll see. Maybe everybody has a character that they end up, you know, going to, and maybe it could be her character that she kicks ass with. I, I don't. But that's that. And so we end up with this. What would you give it? The thing is, I like this issue a lot. Everything that Lex does in this book, besides for killing Manchester Black because it's about time somebody did it, everything about it, though, throws me off. I like what's going on with the aspect of, like, setting up the new status quo for Superman throughout this entire book. Even Superman fighting Lex is fine. It just doesn't feel like something that Lex would do throughout. I hope there's an explanation later down that this is the long game that Lex is playing. But right here, it just feels off. But I look forward to the future of Superman and all the ongoing titles that we're going to get. But this is just a 7.5 out of 10 for me. Yeah, I think it's a solid 8, Eric, is what I would give it. And I would have went a little higher if the, I said, if I got a little more of all the stories kind of spelled out where I could get like, ooh, Joshua Williamson, he really knows super, because I, you barely know what's going on. You could kind of glean what is like, okay, John walks into the, it sounded like a joke I was setting up. John walks into the Starbucks. That's Tom Taylor probably writing. It feels like him and whatnot. But overall, I wish that you had more definitive things of, okay, this is Joshua Williamson and what he's going to do in Superman. This is this stuff. But I'm, I'm interested. In all the books, like you said, I think that I'm and I do like and I want to actually find out the big thing because Tom Taylor's big thing was John Kent. He doesn't punch people, right? He doesn't, you know, get aggressive. He doesn't punch people. I hope that that's a let's leave that on Earth when they go to the multiverse and go, you're going to have to punch Ultraman. I mean, you're going to have to. Hopefully he claims. I mean, there was there was a article where he said that as long as he's writing, he'll never have him punch anybody. And it became almost like a, you know, a challenge then. Like, and I'm like, stop, don't do that. And I hope that he does go ham. He should. He should go ham. And before I was wondering, me and you both were, with the multiverse resetting, things like that, we ended up having that crime syndicate book that was the miniseries. They might be ignoring that because if you do end up running into Ultraman, it might not even be the one that so. was uh, going with John. But I think they're just going to go classic and it will be. But we'll see. When that comes out, so that's pretty cool. Hopefully, we get a classic Johnny Quick who doesn't need like you know chains coming off his pants. He's shirtless. We get a, but I think it's I do like the idea. Like I love Harold Jordan, the Power Reg. I do like the new John like Stewart, the John Emerald Stewart. Knight version so we'll as well. See. Like, I want to see different. I want to mix and match, but I also want to get you know the crimes to get an Earth three back on track because even that latest series did some weird stuff in how they portrayed things and the idea of the world. But Infinite Earth's back and things you, you could always say that it's just reset as a classic and that's fine. That's fine with me. Because I really just uh, want to explore the power ring core. And it's funny, you like that John Stewart because yeah, we wanted to, that was going to say, we want to see more of what that's about. I do like Harold Jordan though. Always He's makes great. me laugh. He's the best. But we're going to move on to the next book. Maybe not the best. No. Detective Comics number 1067 written Maybe by Brian V. Worst, well, Maybe. Uh, actually, it's not the worst book we're going to talk about tonight. It's it's close. Written Words by Ram Three. <laughs> <laughs> it isn't even a question. I didn't even tell you anything about it. You know that that's what we're talking about. Written by Ram <laughs> VR by Ivan Rice, Danny, Nikki, Dave Stewart, and Ariana Mayer. And I, I've I've said I'd like to say that I've warned everybody about this. It's not. It's one of those things that I always come on here. And Ram V's style of writing just does not jive with me. I always end up saying and apologizing to people. Listen, I know that I'm in the minority. I know that everybody loves it. What not? I'm done. I'm done saying that because this book is literally 
a bunch of bullshit. This book is a convoluted mess of pretentious dialogue being told in the most ridiculous way. And there's no story. You are adding things on to what you didn't explain before to make just the story that I don't know what's going on, really. And really, all it is, it comes down to being a a real estate deal, a little bit of a land grab. And it just isn't big, but he tries to make it big. He he tries to make it big by getting these, you know, and anybody who sits there, and I'm telling you right now, the gloves are off there, right? The gloves, my They've pants, my undies. I don't own gloves. What am I, fancy guy? You, don't you end up where at the beginning. No, I don't. I go commando, Eric. You end up you go where? Poor. No, yeah, I do. Uh, <laughs> I go homeless. Uh, <laughs> you started out, right? That man got frozen. He is dying, you would think. Yeah. In my mind, right? He's so, saying so. Yeah, well, this is what gets me is where Ram V wants to impress you. With his verbiage He wants to impress you with his Batman who usually this Batman Who's talking like this He's standing on a gargoyle Because he's bored as shit Looking over the city Saying his nonsense while it rains Right yeah He's there like This city A cesspool of life That wants to get to the stars But can never get out of the sewer Like stupid shit like that Right In this I imagine I'm reading Rorschach's journal right now That's not the dialogue you use While you're freezing to death I don't, I don't need to have him tell me lattice planes. You ever froze to death? Well, you know that's the thing. That Maybe when that goes on, my <laughs> my brain goes well zooey, and I don't know what I'm saying. He is freezing to death, and this is his dialogue. Inter- I can feel the ice, lattice planes shifting, growing, working around me. Fuck that. You know what he should say? I'm fucking cold, and I want to save myself. I got to get out of this shit. And then he's just going. At the one point, he's freezing to death, and he starts waxing poetic about how Gotham is changing around him. This does not fit the damn scene. It doesn't fit. It is a pretentious bit of bullshit that you end up having Ram B right because he thinks that's cool Batman dialogue. It's not when the guy's freezing to death. But that's all he does in this. I'm not worried about that as much. Cause I, I don't like it, but the thing I'm, just I'm worried saying, about just the way that it plays out. Well, I'm just talking about the scene in general because you had in the previous issue. I'm pretty sure I didn't go back to check, but I'm pretty sure the way I remember it was Batman went to this facility where Mr. Freeze was hiding out. Gail Tenkaw was there, and then Gail Tenkaw and Batman started fighting. Mr. Freeze set off an ice bomb as he was going underground, and this one it seems like Batman and Te- Gail Tenkaw are frozen underground and for some reason a gigantic tidal wave of water starts going through this underground tunnel that batman and gail tenkaw are in and washes them away unfreezes them gail tenkaw he's fine but batman washes away till mr freeze finds him and then sticks his ass under a hot lamp for a few hours and i'm like is this the progression though is this where we left off previously because it feels pretty weird my play here though is again you just said it you end up and just again allow me at this point, because this is getting Steve Orlando-esque, where the out loud is the best, but he's freezing to death. Also, as he's looking at a, a damn werewolf, I mean, there's a wolfman right there and the a tidal man. wave coming. And he's sitting there like, Gotham's changing around me and I'm frozen, unable to keep up with this shifting truce. I face a quarry I do not understand and it's strict. Fuck you. And you end up then when they get, he doesn't do anything. Batman actually does not do anything to save himself because this tidal wave comes, washes him away, and then he gets grabbed by Mr. Freeze, who, like you said, puts him under the hot lamp, and away we go. And even then, where I could sit there and say, okay, at some points in this, you end up having the Orgums, 
and they're going to talk, well, they're fancy. They're, they're royalty. Everybody talks the same way. Oh, they yeah. all talk. Mr. Freeze says things in this that I know he's a smart guy, but I've never heard him, you know, talk like this. And everybody's I'm just happy that Ranvier remembers that Nora's awake and Mrs. Freeze now doesn't need Victor's so cold ass. And, you know, and he's making up his little, you know, menagerie of frozen is, ladies. That's okay. He's a bit of a simp there, and he's not going to be able to let go of this whole thing. It's like, oh, my wife, she hates me, but you know what doesn't hate me? This ice sculpture I've made of her. Cold and to the touch, but warms my heart. <laughs> I was going to say, he goes, oh, you cold bitch. What's going on? And then he, like, gets the, the you know, the heat lamp so that it can look like she's, what's the matter? You're crying. I also like the idea, is it though, because that you left me? Obviously, it is. You made a mistake, Nora, but I forgive you. That he, he's like, I get you, Batman. The Gotham City is your, is your Nora. Nora. <laughs> Batman's like, listen, don't get me involved in your shit. Like, really, Maybe like, one day when Gotham City is unfrozen, Gotham City won't need you anymore. <laughs> Did you ever think of that, the Batman? <laughs> what do you think of Batman? <laughs> uh, but he's there, and that's actually... While the dialogue, I think, is of the the dialogue. I don't it, care. Is the, it is the best part because then Mr. Freeze is taken off the table. He's no longer a threat. He just wants to live in underground with his Nora sculptures and be left to fuck alone. And, and you know I what? like the he, idea. He says fine. that to it's Batman. Please leave me alone. You know, done do me a done. favor. I just saved your ass. You could repay me by just leaving me alone and I won't do anything. I'm down I'll here with back you. for your ass, Victor. <laughs> and the idea, I'm telling you, Batman's like. This guy's going to go like eventually you're going to get a little tired of these slice sculptures and you're definitely in my <laughs> mind going to go try to find somebody to replace like he's going to go to Professor Pig or somebody to try you to know what's another name for ice trying. diamonds. Oh, my. <laughs> it's time for a heist heist like a wedding. You end up where you have this big press conference. And again, you, you get this. And I don't know exactly. You have them where the Orgums have bought the land for Arkham Asylum. They made it play out as if this was a, oh my God, can you believe it? They end up, nobody cares. It's, it's Arkham Asylum. They're not even doing it. They have a tower, which seems to maybe be forgotten about a little, but you end up with this. I don't know what they're talking about. He's there. Oh, we're going to make Gotham better. This is a thing my father taught me. I did this and we're going to have the Orgum place. But never say what it is. I don't there. know what it is. I'm not either. It sounds crazy. I don't even understand the progression of this because I swear it seems like they started construction and they're like it's about to be done for whatever reason. Even though Batman was just at this press conference with Bruce Wayne, went off to go find you know Gail Tenkall and Mister Freeze, and now he's been frozen for six hours, and now all of a sudden you know like um, Prince Orgum is showing up at Bruce Wayne's house. I'm like this progression feels really off, and I have no idea how long things have taken. I ended up. Sending you a message, and I said this week, I and I always, it's one of the things I say a lot, but I actually Prince said, Arzen, like, that's what I, I said, to say. yeah, Arzen. I said this week, these books have weird progressions where I don't quite get like almost like pages are out of order, things going, and Arzen's talking. And I said to you before we recorded, here's my play on the whole Gotham City deal, right? If you're smart enough to understand the words coming out of his mouth. You're too smart to live in Gotham. You would have left because this guy is talking so flowery and over the top. I don't know what he's saying. I don't think anybody in Gotham knows. And it's just played out where, okay, I kind of see Nakano there, but he never says anything. Nobody even knows what he's he's up with. Renee Montoya, what she think of all this. Nobody else is involved. It's just these, you know, orgums who have bought the land that they said they had a deed with. 
on Arkham Asylum and they're going to rebuild. That's fine because they should but what push are they nobody's- rebuilding because we have the Oregon place that he's talking about. And the thing is, everybody was all up in arms that we built Arkham Tower in Gotham proper, right in downtown. That worked Arkham out, Asylum. Right? That was out in the boonies in the woods because that's where you want a, a, a criminally insane mental hospital to be. Who is driving out of their way except for maybe if it's a buffet and you'll show up to go to this goddamn organ place? I'm sitting there. <laughs> really, I'm I'm there. Eric, an hour and a half, I'm there. And they uh, it says, you know, on the land that was left. Most people in this are probably like... It's just haunted. I'm not going. Better be a haunted house. It better be a haunted attraction. <laughs> now, here's the thing, though. Built what on are they, cursed land. What, what are they doing here? Because I thought originally, okay, they got that device that they had to dig up for the, the reality engine. Yeah, was that why they bought it? Because they, they could have just snuck on. Nobody's doing anything at Arkham. They could have just snuck there and done it. But in this, we're going to make this organ. What is it? Is it a mall with a skate rink in the middle? Is it, a, you know, is That's it a... Sweet. Yeah, it would be kind of cool. I mean, it's like Mall of America, right? I know that they exist. I just wish I would have had a, a fucking mall that had a skate rink in it because that just sounds amazing. So where, though, is there where somebody's like, uh, excuse me, like, this is like an hour out of the limits. I just want to mention that somebody just shot a fireworks like an asshole, Eric, and I we're heard. not anywhere near. I so heard. we're here, though, but they're there. Like, hey, uh, excuse me, Arzen, Prince Arzen, uh, what's going on? Because nobody's going to come an hour out of town to do that. And he's like, uh. But we have a three-bit movie theater. I go, it's an IMAX movie theater. I don't know what this place is. I just imagine it's going to be like, or, you know, uh, Dick Grayson's Haven and Bloodhaven. Just a place that's going to be a gentrified part, but it's in the fucking woods outside of the city limits. And and in that, I'm looking in the back. It looks like they're making a steel mill. I mean, in the back, this looks crazy. Good is old that what Gotham Steel. <laughs> I don't understand it because he's not explaining it. These people well, are out there, they're, that. We they're have- pissed off, right? They have to trance out out there. Yeah, we have the Oregon place. place going on. We have the, the um, I was going to say Arzen, but the asthma going on, which goes in your mind. And I think from what I gleaned from this issue, allows you to read people's minds when you put the asthma. I don't we got know. Wolfman's. We have a reality engine from the 1600s that is shaping reality, but I thought, fucked up by a Batman back then. So we always got to have a Batman and a Two Face now. We have all that going on on top of all of this stuff where we have Med- Psycho Pirate-esque Medusa mess for all of the freaking, like, the hench people of the organs to go around and do their shit, which, psych- like, psychically pushes people to do what you want. Even though we're still giving them money properly, we're going to make them kill themselves, and I have no idea. They always well, overpay. They like throwing money around, right? We have Wayne Enterprises, who owns a lot of the low-income housing in the Narrows right now. Even though Luke, uh, Lucius Fox owns Wayne Enterprises, they're keeping this whole thing up because it's part of the Thomas Wayne and Martha Foundations of, like, helping the, the needy in the city limits. You know, the organs want us because we, like, we've used Two-Face to try and, like, you know, Gail Tencall to try to take out all the organized crime in Gotham, or at least the, the lower level stuff, because we have all this organized crime still going on in Catwoman, but we've taken out a good portion of it. Now we gotta get rid of the poor, and we gotta take out the narrow, so we're gonna legally buy the, uh, the properties from Wayne Enterprises. We're gonna tell the people who are in charge of the realty, look, you're gonna take the money, and then you're gonna go off, and then you're gonna murder yourself, because this is what us organs do for some reason. But then during this whole thing, while this deal is taking place, we have the Orgum henchmen on top of, like, you know, with Gail Tencall with their goddamn Medusa mask going, murdering people and setting fires and exploding the narrows left and right. I'm like, what is going it's on like right now? It's like one of these things, seriously, the story itself is just about grabbing real estate, maybe, you know, buying low, selling high. I think it's what the you whole thing is. the worst part is they're buying high for no uh, reason. Yeah, that's true. They're buying high and keeping nonsense. So we have that. So they're not real good with that, but. They can't get out of their own ways. That murder is always on their mind. 
it's the idea like they should put the money on their mind and the mind on their money yeah that's that's what's going on i'd love it it's like we're gonna now open payton place all right the first five people they get their head sliced off i they end up where when you do this and use this mask like the medusa mask type deal where they're playing that Hey, everybody, you're going to end up signing off the stuff. We're going to buy the narrows. You'll never even know why, whatnot. You didn't have to go the next step about that murder and the suicide because all of a sudden everybody on the board of directors, somebody's going to look into it. That somebody will be Batman. So that's that's crazy. So, so we got why these go crazy masks, though. If we <laughs> open this up, we have four masks. We can, we can none of us afford to be seen doing no, so. This and then this the becomes, you know, Prince Arthur. The mask cannot laugh at butterfly wings. It cannot cry for a lone bird's call. It cannot love, cannot hate, nor insult in anger or joy. No, the mask is no shield, but it is a wedding. I'm like, dude, just just put on a domino mask. They end up where the big play here is that, you know, Gail Tenclaw says, oh, you're not going to get this. This is awful. Batman, I think he saw me as the Wolfman. I mean, he might have saw me as the Wolfman, but what we'll do now because we can't have that. Heard of you as the Wolfman. I'm gonna, I'm gonna open up this case. What we're gonna do? We can't have them know that we're the Wolfman. So what we'll do is walk around in these fucking masks that look like we're walking down the street, and any minute an eyes wide shut party can break out, and we'll do this stuff. And now, by the way, Arzen, give us your take on this. When he says the masks cannot laugh at butterfly wings, I'm out. I'm sitting there. I'm sitting. What the fuck are you talking about? The masks can't. What do you mean by that? What does that mean? It means nothing. It's nonsense. He is writing sixth grade freaking dark poetry. Right there, he's there. Hey, driver, to the hot topics, we go. And they go up. And in my mind, this so much feels like when I was a kid, and I wanted people to think I'm smart, so I'd write this flowery bullshit that meant nothing. That's what this feels like. It feels like Ram V, who ended up, and again, I don't think he's going to listen to the podcast, but he certainly yelled about my one review of this one book that I said he had pretentious dialogue and shit like that, and then ended up saying in a defense for himself, I don't write for anybody but myself. I don't write for people reading this. I write to tickle my fancy. Well, if this tickles your fancy, you know, all the power to you, but this is bullshit. This is nothing. You have these characters who, they end up being evil in my mind because I just don't like them. They would be at a party and I'd slap them right upside the head, like, stop it. This is the asshole in the corner what are you doing playing at the, the party? guitar. I'm there to get the food now. There, guys. I'm like, hey, what's going on? <laughs> I heard Actually, it was a, a, a big barbecue. I'm like, hey, get this guy over here. What? They're like, listen, deliver the pizzas and get the fuck out of here, pal. I'm like, well, I better go back to Domino and get more pizza. I'm delivering pizzas there. But what is, what is this? What is Somebody's this that he says? You ended up reading it. It's one of the most laughable bits of dialogue in the middle of something that it looks like this is a turning point. This looks like this is where things going to get real and personal. And he says the mask can't laugh at butterfly wings. Sure can. What the fuck? I'd be scared if it did. First off, it's a mask. You can't laugh at shit, right? So I, I know one thing, though. I could laugh at that dialogue, and I did. I thought it was hilarious. But then that's when you go back to... Freeze and Batman talking about Nora, all these things. But then just in the middle of it, you end up freezing. Like, you know what else you can freeze? The asthma. And he throws this bottle over to Batman. I still don't understand what the asthma is. Here it looks like it's a bunch of, like, weed. I I think that all that is. They're they're just smoking fucking pot through this whole thing and getting high. Right? He's like, hey, I froze this. Try it out. 
It's a good strain. Not a lot of stems and seeds in this bitch. But yeah, and he's like, here's the and then Batman's gonna go off with this and look at him all dejected. Like he's gonna he's cry because Batman. of Nora. That's the thing oh is, man. Even the idea outside of Nora, we're continuing the idea that it's old man Batman who doesn't have it as much as he used to, to the point where he's been out and Mr. Freeze could have killed him, but he didn't because Mr. Freeze doesn't want to play that shit anymore. He just like, you know, nursed him back down. So even the idea that he has all this going on, I'm still trying to wonder how the League of Assassins plays in any of this because we haven't seen hide nor hair of them yeah, since, you know, we the didn't mention them. The how many loose strings are going on here? The Batman so just many. leaves. He goes back to his freaking brownstone and just hangs out until Arzen shows up. Like, hey, you want to continue that conversation? I'm like, not really, but I guess you're going to invite yourself in until I get a text that the narrows are exploding right now. <laughs> and in that, I, I just found out. It's off panel, but the League of Asset, they're hanging out with Barbados listening to that music box. They're all dancing around Even the music there. box. I don't even know how that works with the asthma. I, I don't know. I don't know what any of this is, but yet it's one of those things that I'm starting to get really frustrated with this book the idea that and again i get frustrated because people like things that i don't but it's almost getting to the point where i'm sitting there reading something this happened with tom king and if you like him whatever but at the beginning it was at the beginning of the war of jokes and riddles where even even before that even that swamp thing deal but more jokes and riddles where i lost my mind and i i ended up on the podcast talking about it and was shocked that nobody and i'm not saying you i'm saying then other people listeners and stuff but they're like, we don't see it. This is really, and it's just like, you can't see this. You can't see through this bullshit because that's what this is getting to be. There's not a real story going on. It's convoluted. It's not explained. And then in the meantime, you're just talking nonsense things because just piling concepts it. on top of each other without furthering the story, for like, you know, in a reasonable way that lets the reader know what's actually going on. And remember what, what we said a lot about Tom King and his writing. A lot of it seemed that people would read an issue and then just, Blank slate, go to the next issue and like, oh, I like that. But nothing ever really connected as well as it should. You had some things going on, even within an issue. And I'm starting to see that here. I'm starting to wonder, are we going to get back to this other stuff? And this is Ram V, who everybody loved that Swamp Thing. By the end, seriously, that was hardly a full story. You ended up just adding things. All of a sudden, you got the avatar of the nuclear blast. And we're going to get this. You have, yeah, Trinity, which... You ended up adding and never really did. This is what this is. This is nonsense. I mean, you have some really cool ideas that it felt like a real horror story at first. Now it's just a shit show. It's a horror story already for me, Eric. Because I like Gail Tinkle, a real interesting concept, but then you convoluted him up that up. He's the wolf man, but then he's got the yeah, asthma, and then he's doing this, and he's got a he mask, and he's doing I, that. I just want to know the thing is, he's like, we can't Why let can't anybody he just see be us himself. Do this. I'm saying though we can't we can't have anybody see us doing this, but you also can't be a wolfman, Gail. I don't understand why not, but whatever. Yeah, I I love the idea. We can't see anybody do this, so I'm gonna get this weird ass kabuki mask on so they see that. And like I kind of see in a which weird is weird this idea mask. with the mask because we started the series out with Two Face trying to be Harvey Dent and like leave Two Face behind, who was wearing that half gold like Phantom of the Opera mask, and I'm like, why is it? What is this infatuation with masks in this story now? And and it is and really the play here would have been cool, but unfortunately it kind of shifts to that tower. If they actually just wanted to get here and, and one of them had the Medusa mask, now we're talking. Now this is a story. Okay, that makes sense and that's something cool. 
But then you just like fudge things up. And I think that he, I don't know. I mean, it's just weird. Like the one Why? lady's mask, she might as well be the 10 eyed woman at this point. She, yeah, yeah like, she is. She has Manchester black powers and t- a 10 eyed fucking mask. I love this. It's like, and this happens a lot in comics. So it's not something you can really lean on a lot. But in this, I will because the idea. Why didn't they just put these fucking masks on the minute they were in the, the bay? I mean, she's able to control whoever. Just do it then. This is like almost feels like the last second. Oh, my God. Hail Mary. But they're not really that threatened. This all ends up being I think Batman might have seen me being a werewolf. You know what? Batman's seen a lot of crazy shit. I don't think Batman trust any of you assholes anyway. But still, you end up having that. And then you have that play where Arzen comes over. And he's talking to Bruce. Oh, my God, I love the city. And my dad died early, too. And, oh, you know, we're just alike. I'm g- I like when he's talking like, well, mother, I think I'm going to go do something I've never done before. I'm going to try to make a friend. And then goes to Bruce Wayne. I'm like, what are you doing here? <laughs> like, really? Mother doesn't like me being nostalgic about daddy. Yeah, really. And yeah, there was that, too. That whole play. And like, I know, mother, that you don't. In that speech, he's just, daddy, this and daddy. My dad told me this story once. I didn't understand it, but I'll tell it to you because it seemed real cool. Here you go. Yeah, even in that speech, it's just going on. But in the end, that's all you got. You don't have much of a deal. And they now are buying the Narrows. Is this just a gentrification thing? Are we going to end up finding out like the trophy where, oh my God, Batman has a map and he's like, it's a pentagram. That's all I, I really think is happening here, where they're going to get the ley lines of the Gotham and they're going to end up doing something. I don't know. I don't oh, know. Is, done that. Is, <laughs> well, we have, but we've done almost everything else in all these books anyway. Is this like that? He keeps talking to his mother. Is she? Are they rising her from the dead? Using the ley lines of the Gotham City that runs through the blood of the Argums there. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I don't know how things connect. And just the idea, oh, we got the, you have this reality bending machine. Everything's fucked up. What is going on? <laughs> this is Detective Comics. Holy crap. Uh, but yeah, by the end, I just like, really? This is what we're doing. And then again, at the end, I love this play. Just one last thing as we end where, Arzen, he's confused. What would you do? What would you do about, you know, Gotham and rebuilding and things? What would you do there? And then as he goes, he actually answers the question. And this is this is Bruce Wayne. But to answer your question before you go, where you, do you begin? In the shadow places. At the most desperate hours where the glorious are loath to tread. So Don't people may anymore. yet turn to the sky and draw hope even from the darkest night. You're like, the fuck are you, are you high? Are you, are you fucking nonsense? I can't come up with a sentence that well high or so. That's his answer. I, 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 yeah, really. I get. I'd be like, duh. Like, okay. Like <laughs> well, he, he said that. Fish market, I'm huh? like, are you, are you telling me that I should just go downtown to the buffet? Because that's what I'm hearing. I'll see you later. You want to go with me? I'm going to the buffet. I don't know what's going on in this book. All these people talking nonsense, and then you go, and I, I seriously. What is the city type? This is not just a building on fire. This looks like no man's land times 30. Oh, no, not, this city is destroyed. a destruction. And again, please, people, this is a PSA. If you have the means to do it and you live in Gotham City, get the fuck out. You have this in the narrow. Alley Town right now is a goddamn hazmat disaster. Sure Everything. You have serial killers in the heights. Get the fuck out of town. I mean, the most sane place to be is under the ground in the thing with Mr. Freeze making his ice sculptures. Go down there. Is that Gotham Underground? (laughs) I was going to call him Edward Ice Hands. 
Edward Ice Hands. Make it a sculptures. <laughs> Make it a sculptures. Just go down there. He's making pretty much real dolls out of ice. I'm sure he could poke a couple holes in there. You could spend a lot of time. I, I don't know. Just go no, down there. Do that. No. Right? You just do that. <laughs> so, really, it, it's nonsense. This is at a point where I think this is where Batman says, can somebody please come and take over the city again? Because it's a shit show here, and I want to get out. I want to go and dress up as Magnus. Getting too old for this shit. I need to get over. Yeah, they're all getting too old for this shit. Also, where the fuck is anybody else in the the Bat family? Everybody's M.I.A. Uh, But then we have a backup, too. A A two-face backup. backup. Yeah, the two-face backup. You just get like, oh, my God, two-face. Me and you need each other. You get more of the psychedelic Harvey Dent of the mind talking to Two-Face because the idea is that Gail Tenkall put the asthma inside Harvey Dent so he would comply with their orders to take over the Gotham criminal organizations. Two-Face is back, but the thing is, Harvey Dent has to follow along because the asthma allows Gail Tenkall to read his mind and know what's going on. So we need to bring the Two-Face out, but Harvey's scared. He's scared of this he whole thing scared. because Harvey doesn't want Two-Face to find out who Batman's identity is, and in this whole thing where... Harvey has the asthma inside of him, but Two-Face doesn't. So Two-Face comes out to try to do, like, you know, kill Harvey's doctor because this is what Gail Tenkall ordered him to do. And during this whole time, he lets her go. But because it's Two-Face out there, the asthma's not there no more. And it seems like it almost burned out to the point where Gail Tenkall for some reason, the asthma's not working. But did you take care of that? I did. Good, good. You wouldn't lie to me. And it's just the whole idea where Two-Face is back, wants to come. Like, he's not back, back. Harvey Dent and him are sharing but ultimately, it just seems like Two-Face is inching his way back to control this whole thing. But it, it's kind of underwhelming because it's just another aspect of this story that's stacked upon all of this other stuff. And I have no idea what you're doing overall. And I want to know, how long can this story possibly be? Because it, this is, it's, it is just over the top right now, and I don't want it to continue. And it feels like we should have at least 10 more issues to, to conclude what is going on here because I have no I answers. I know. It's it's bad. It really is. And and the whole play of this is in this back thing you have where the the chain is. But I started singing the chain. I was having some fun there. But Great overall, and yeah, overall, it was nonsense. This book is. And a bunch of people this week said this was the last straw. They're dropping it, and that's a big deal. Detective Comics is. is supposed to be the big big book. You even made the joke where you're talking about Action Comics going first. You you said if it keeps going, this book is going to be last. It's the well, whole even podcast, the idea, so. like, you know, we, we've come out of Marika Tamaki's, uh, like, yeah, run of the Detective Comics, stuff which, and all which that was shit. really bad overall. Like, there was aspects to it I enjoyed, and there was problems I know you don't want to, you don't want to go too far, because I said it was good, but again, anything could be good, but it, it was bad. And I thought that this might be a new, uh, like, era for de- for Detective Comics, and it, well, it kind of is, because it's a completely different style of storytelling. It's just not a bit of storytelling that I'm enjoying. I'm not a big Ram V fan. I'm one of the people who don't really like his stuff. It bores me. It ends up being, I think, overly written and narrated and whatnot. But I thought that the play here was going to work out because Detective Comics was then going to be like a horror-themed book, which would really go against the regular Batman book and give people a variety. That I thought was pretty cool. I thought that that would be neat. And then I just, the story's going nowhere slow. It's adding things in, and it just doesn't really make sense overall. But I guess people are just like, and I kind of like reading them words because it still gets good reviews from, you know, the, the usual suspects, Eric, as I like to call them shills. But you end up with all in all, it's just not doing anything. Now, at least that backup's done. And you have that for me, and maybe we'll get something good there. I hope it's not Cy Spurrier. None of the because, backups have been good. Well, Cy Spurrier, along with Ramsey, is just, it's too much. I mean, those two going on, they can go on forever, I'll tell you. But 
And maybe it'll get better. Maybe once this, I, I don't even know because this is part one of a new arc of this. Like this story should have been done. And, but Ramsey likes to tell long form stories, he says. Uh, but what would you give it overall? Ultimately, I don't mind the art in this, but it's one of the only things that I don't mind about this book because it's just overly narrated in its way that makes everybody sound just pompous and just not the characters who they are. Like, I'm okay if you want to get some flowery dialogue here and there. If Batman wants to brood in some kind of really intelligent way, I'm okay with that. The entire thing is just everybody speaks the same way, and it's just Ram V's, like, you know, dialogue in these people that just doesn't fit overall and nothing seems to be happening except for Batman can't do the job that he needs to do while the Orgums have a million and one plans for like Gotham City that I don't understand and they refuse to tell me about so I'm giving it a 5 out of 10 yeah I'm going a little step further fuck, fuck you 5 from me and you ended up changing my mind at the last second now I had that loaded up because I thought you might go there but I changed it because you did say something that I hadn't been thinking about and also, we haven't really mentioned, but it was something we said a lot with Mariko Tamaki, and I thought it had changed a bit. Batman is terrible at being Batman in Detective Comics, and he was Mariko Tamaki. He couldn't do anything right. Barely was doing it. And then in this, I thought it had changed, but he has to get people saving his ass left and right. And, Gordon, Mr. Freeze? And Yeah, while that's happening, the Orgums are just going in, sweeping in, and doing their shit. They really don't. The big play here, the big threat, of Batman is he might know that there's a werewolf in town. That's it. The That's the only. And, and what did that do? That ended up making them up the alley with these fucking masks. Like that ended up Batman actually looking towards a wolf man ended up making the organs even more deadly. He can't do anything right. He doesn't do anything. And he's just, he's pretty much sleepwalking through this. It's very odd. But yeah, it's, it's taking a lot of work, though. Yeah, I mean, that's what he does, Eric. A guy gets tired when they're going on about with the wolf men and getting frozen. And then I would have liked to have thought it was a tanning bed, which made me laugh because I'd love to play like if we had some live action thing. And I don't know that there's anybody out there that we could do, but I think of George Hamilton. The guy likes to tan like he would be. Mr. Freeze, because it'd be like the idea of a tanned up Mr. Freeze makes me laugh just like Cesar Romero's mustache that he wouldn't get rid of. It would have been like a cool little wink, wink. Back in the day, George Hamilton, he he played a vampire. All of a sudden, like Mr. Freeze looks like Ricardo Montalban. Yeah, yeah. I'm telling you, when George Hamilton played a vampire who was overly tanned, that's the funniest thing ever. It's so good. Uh, But there you go. Speaking of which. Was that vampire movie a parody, though? Yeah, it was kind of a parody. It, it wasn't yeah. full out, but it was. Uh, I liked it back in the day. Uh, but here we go. And was that Love at First Bite? I think it might have I been. I think it was. Uh, DC versus Vampires number 12. Speaking of the vampires, Eric, and I don't really have vampire you know, sound effects, so we're just going to have to go with Why that. Why not? I'm sorry. You got Wolfmans. I, I do have the, well, the Wolfman. Yeah, there you go. I got the Wolfman. Any Wolfman in this? Oh, I the think maybe. Who did order the steak? I can't didn't. trust vampires, well, Jim. Here's the thing: whoever ordered the steak, they're going to get the steak, but they're not going to finish the steak. They're going to take it to go home because this shit's continuing. Eric, DC versus Why? vampires number twelve. I don't know. I, I I don't know. Pretty much by the end of this, there's times where you leave an open door. Okay, if we're going to have a sequel, we can, right? But something that's twelve issues that had times, you damn well better have a solid ending, and then maybe people will want some more. I'm not saying people won't, because, again, a lot of people out there have got the shills. But you end up with the idea where you didn't even finish it. You made everything that we read up until this point pretty much bullshit. You end up where 
All right. Well, I guess they're just going to continue, and we really didn't get much of an ending, but written by James Tynan IV and Matthew Rosenberg, art by Otto Schmidt, Francisco Martorino, and Per Luigi Casolino. And tell you say like that. <laughs> I just felt like it, <laughs> Just the idea. If I look and I see Pierre Luigi Casolino, I'm not going to be able to say that, you know, just normal. I'm going to have to spruce it up a bit. Yeah, it's monster. a very, very spruced up name already. Maybe I should just say Mr. Casolino. I'm assuming Mr. I don't know. I shouldn't assume that. But you end up in this issue where you kind of have the culmination of what everything was going. You ended up she having does. Barbara heading towards Dick, Dick Grayson. Grayson. She's yeah. going to end up taking the him king down. Of vampires. Now, the big play here really is we're going to take down the king of vampires. Yep. I mean, that really doesn't solve a lot, right? It does get rid of the king of vampires. But in the meantime, we're going to clear out all the skies, which maybe if that was going to happen and you had a lot of faith in that, you might have been able to just sit back and let that do its work because that's going to cause some shit. But in the meantime, I guess you're hoping, you know, personally, let's take it to Dick Grayson. Let's take it to Nightwing Vampire. And then in the meantime, we'll kill everybody else when clearing out the skies. Now, in this issue, you get a couple weird little fudges here. Luckily, we do end up, we thought that they were really going to be like, well, let's forget about that, you know, space shuttle that blew up. (laughs) Captain Cold flying across. And I do have to say, I'll give them credit. Remember when I said, what's Captain Cold going to be? He's not going to be able to withstand all that shit when he's flying. He says it. He goes, man, we were going fast. He's all slick back. He looks like he was in the the Memorex commercial or whatever. But in this old deal, he ends up getting there. Did he just want a free trip to Australia? Well, that's the thing is, I, I don't even know because I think he, I, I don't know what he ultimately wanted because he knows he's becoming a vampire. And before that happens, he wants to be on the resistance and try to do something because they, he froze his ass. They unfroze him. He doesn't know what to do now. So now it's like, oh, you wanted Weather Wizard to go and clear the skies. I understand, but you know what I can do? I can use my cold down here and I can, like, you know, freeze Remember, all that shit. Remember, I was there laughing. I'm like, sky. I don't know the polarity. And they actually his, almost say that, right? This asshole gets here. It's like, well, what are you going to do? Oh, no, I can't do that. You need, like, a Weather Wizard or something. I'm like, we know that. We brought your ass here because you said this. Yeah, well, I I can't. And but ultimately, it's just I'm going to shoot my gun up in the air. I'm going to create a, the most single smallest point of a sunlight to come down here, which is going to revive a pseudo dead Supergirl who blowed up in a rocket ship, but she's still alive. But it's also going to fry Captain Cold immediately because he fully turns into a vampire at that point in time. So goodbye, Leonard. You did a job, but and I guess you saved the day for Australia. But all of these ones that we're doing because you have our heroes of like uh, Jaina Steel, Ghost Constantine, Mary Marvel. Captain Cold and Supergirl in Australia trying to take care of the situation. We have Grifter and we have Swamp Thing and we have Green Arrow in Smallville trying to take care of the human blood bank farms that we have over there. And we have Batgirl and Harley Quinn trying to take care of Dick Grayson, Vampire King. So we have all these things and all these fronts. I'm just trying to wonder, which one was interesting? (laughs) Yeah, I I don't know. Because all these things at the beginning, like, that was the biggest problem with the book because at the beginning I was all about it. I thought what they're doing cool—the secret vampire army that was slowly taking over the world. When we got to issue six and we jumped ahead, what felt like six months to a year—I forget what it actually was in the timeline—but that's when shit all fell apart because it all became too big too soon, and we we're just always trying to catch up with what everything went on when that one missing year with what everybody's been doing. To the point when they came up with these plans, it just kept falling apart to where Barbara Gordon in this. She's like, look, I can't kill your ass even though I went through hell and high water to get here. But what I'm going to do, I'm going to have you turn me into a vampire. Okay, now we can be king and queen of the vampires. But also, now as your new queen of the vampires, suck on Harley Quinn over here. That sounds like a laugh. Just everything that went in 
with the Harley Quinn having the vampire killer blood inside her, even though we had her captive for a while trying to synthesize all this different things. He started with Lex Luthor. I don't even know where this shit came from ultimately, but it is just the linchpin where he fights it. The Vampire King is dead. Wonder Woman vampire. Gorilla Grodd, who I thought was dead vampire, but he's still alive. They're like, you killed our king. Yes, but now I am your queen. Isn't that how vampires work? Yes, my yes, liege. I'm like, Wonder Woman, queen. take fucking control. Kill Batgirl. She's a newbie vampire. And you're Wonder Woman vampire. Take control. Exactly. No. And now, is this the idea, you know, that later you'll get the, oh, she's working from the inside? I, I don't know, and I don't care, because by well, the end, because, you're pushing things. But just that's because you're a vampire. Why does Dick Grayson, King of the Vampires, have to dress like a goddamn set of from Hellraiser? He he's got all this too. leather and belts around his stomach. I'm like, he just has a Nightwing red pin on his chest. I'm like, what are you doing? Okay, so here's some of the plays here, as we said. You end up having, you know, Captain Cold, who they already told him the plan. I mean, they yeah. said we were trying to get Weather Wizard. We couldn't. Can you do this? Way? Oh, yeah, I can do it with the gun. Gets tall shot. Did he forget all of that? Did that plan get whoosh whooshed out of his brain? Because when he gets there, what? You should get what? We already talked about this. And that's, you know, some of the things. Like, I know what I said. Day. I could help. I lied. This is a way to, this is way too big for me. And the deal, but he, he seems to not understand that they already told him that we can't use Weather Wizard. So he's going to try it. It's going to work. But how much or whatnot? But. The whole play of this with, you know, the fudging into the things, like you said, what's interesting here? Not much. You even I don't end even know up why where, Jada only has water powers in this that her brother has, and she doesn't do anything with an animal aspect. They say it. Like, all she can do is water. Like, what happened to the animal aspect Seriously. of it? They never really explained like, it. Like, you didn't and, have the Wonder Twin powers unite or combine to do what you think, it but up. it's just... Now she's just water, and I'm like, why did you do any of that? Yeah, why? There was no reason. And we wanted more of, you know, Jaina, Vampire Hunter. We really didn't get much of that. Oh, I wanted She was be. just kind of hanging. And this time it's personal, fanghead. You know, you end up where, okay, a big moment could be Hawkman coming down, and he's going to go against Green Arrow. And, right. you know, those two are always at odds with their politics and things like that. But in this, it felt like uh, like they were like, we were always best buds before, but we're having problems. But even then. When he ends up, these aren't even real arrows, and he should. I, everybody had to have realized what was happening. You're like this part of swamp thing. You can see it, and then it just kind of, and it's not even the a wow moment. It just kind of ends up like happening, and you're like, okay, well that's done. Then even when you get this big play of Barbara and Nightwing, oh my god, I love you, De Barbaras. I love you, the dicks. And then they have to go like, I can't believe you got this far and you did this. Yeah, well, I remember when we had our first date and you were eating that hamburger. Like, it was nobody's business. You didn't care it was from a cow. And I'm Stop like, what, what are we doing? Th this is supposed to be an exciting vampire story. And now we have this little message thrown in about, you know, people are eating meat. There's no okay. difference between meat eaters and vampires who try to rule the world. Yeah, I'm like, I think there's a difference, but and she even says, like, what are you talking about? But this whole deal, where also, Rosenberg writing this, which, I, again, this is a thud. He ends Such up where thud. Harley Harley's walking along with Barbara, and you realize by the end, she really didn't have anything to do except no. be there to be that device, because even then, what you have is her there and Dick Gray. Come on, DeBarbaras, I love you. Go listen to that scumbag vampire. I don't know, Dick. I love it. Oh, my. You're changing her. Stop it. Like, she's just the a whammies. peanut gallery. She's just a peanut gallery yelling things. And then it's just so that Dick Grayson can be tricked and end up dead where he seems to be in control and know everything except that. And, yeah, all this goes on. And by the end, I'm like, what really happened? 
in all this. That time jump, like you said, really threw things off. You stop the resistance, then you end up where at that point then your quote unquote heroes are so, you know, darkest before the dawn that it, it really was a joke. They were never really going to win win. And I don't even know what they even say this ends up being by the end because it doesn't end. But even well, then, even, when Marshall Manhunter shows up, I said Marshall Manhunter shows up and it just plays off weird the way he's at one place. He's talking to one person there, there. I lost control of what was going on. At one point, they're yelling, Supergirl's dead. And then she's alive and then she's dead. And I just, I don't know. I, I just well, thought I, that's the it thing. was it's not even crazy. the idea of that because we have the sword on Gotham trying to get the Dick Grayson's, you know, penthouse and stuff like that. We have vampire Damian Wayne. You had Dino Lance. You had, you know, Batwoman. You had a bunch of contingency plans within the Bat family here, like Duke Thomas, and everybody's fighting to get it with Harley Quinn and Batgirl. I have no idea what happened to Black Canary. She might have become a vampire at one point in time, but Duke Thomas, he's about to be killed. He sets off a, a UV bomb in his suit that wipes out all these vampires. I don't know how Robin survived, but. Somehow, it seems like, you know, Black Canary, like, I see her right here. She survived this, but she's not a part of the big push at the end, and I have no idea why or yeah, what's going why on Yeah, why did they this. go off and she's like, hey, you know, Duke, we could have stopped. Hey, we we did this. Let's go. And then she's gone. And But at one point, I swear she's a vampire attacking Duke Thomas at one point, the way it's strong. Yeah, and, you know, you have Ghost Constantine, he's hanging out. It's just a lot of these things. Lobo's here. And really doing nothing. Hey, we hired you. Yeah, switch sides, whatever. Yeah, that was it. And they're like, oh, my God. And I'm telling you, at that one point, you have Mary. She has Supergirl. I'm sorry, Mr. Constantine. Is she alive? I'm sorry. Then you end up, Marsha Manor comes even blast more. Then all of a sudden, she's alive, and she's blasting Marsha Manor. I I don't get it. Was it a dupe? Was that the play? Or I don't know. I don't know either. I don't really know I'm exactly you, what Mary was going Marvel's, on in this. She, Supergirl, depowered, blew up in a rocket ship. Mary Marvel, I swear that rocket ship took forever to fall. Mary Marvel showed up and still pulled her ass out of the sky for somehow. But she brings her on. I'm sorry, Supergirl is dead. Marshy Manhunter zaps the dead body of Supergirl a little bit more. And this takes Jada and ever. She's not dead yet. <laughs> yeah. I mean, right, what Jada. are you talking about? And then, yeah, and then when the I sun I guess we gets, just need a little bit of sun here and she'll be good as new. And that's that's the weird play. Like, the Dick Grayson, him dying, that that actually looked pretty cool. But for yeah. the most part, some of these big scenes that should be real big. I mean, the idea of the clouds opening up and the sun, it really looked like nothing. Nothing really felt, yeah, nothing felt like anything was big enough to even show, like you said. Even when you have the deal where I was laughing about it. I made a joke fully in the last issue when I said, I don't understand what they're going to do with you know, the Captain Cold and his gun. What, are they going to work with the polarity and the, the... That's what he says. He just... I don't know about the polarity voltex in the port. And it's nothing. It's just nothing. He shoots, he fries. You barely can tell what, what what happened. I mean, there are probably people who didn't even know of how the sun opened up and it hit him and he's that, and it fried him also. The hey, deal. look, I went back and reread it because I didn't get it the first it time. That's what I'm saying. The progression and these panels and then... Everybody's just kind of like, oh, look, it worked. I mean, Constantine's just like, oh, look, bloody hell, it worked. They get going. The funny play is also because I'm so disjointed. At the one time, I think it was Constantine. It's like, oh, over there, that girl, she dies. She'll just be a puddle. I swear to God, I thought he was talking about that. This Supergirl was the Matrix Supergirl. I was like, what are they talking? And then I'm, oh, yeah, they're playing that idea that Jaina only does water powers when she's turning into an animal. Everything was convoluted and bullshit. This this story is it was not it didn't end up good. It it ended up where it just got worse and worse as it went on, as they added more and more tie ins, all these things going. At one point I was into it 
at the very beginning, you were into it a little more, but by the end, it's just a convoluted mess. And if they do continue it, please get somebody better to write it. If this is what, and this reminds me of a lot of the things, just say the grifter story that was, we really liked that in the Batman Urban Legends. Yeah. That got a little wonky near the end, right? But then Test Force Z. Holy mo- like this is what happens. Things get wonky at the end of these stories of his. He cannot finish a story and it just keeps happening and happening. I'm I'm done. I'm done with this nonsense. He's I don't know if he's even on he's on that Wildcats book that I hear is just garbage too. But you know, I, I don't know. I saw that somebody had a, a video about how I forget they had a nickname for him and it's like one of those things where they said one out of every five stories of his is good, and I'm, I'm kind of seeing that. But what would you give this? We'll say, and ultimately, we end the story with Barbara Gordon becoming the new queen of the vampires, and Supergirl now recharged for a second. She is able to go and clear the skies if he wanted to, and the whole war of the vampires is over, and Barbara Gordon plans to be the last casualty, but she also plans on, even though like so many people are goddamn dead or just vampires now, to try to bridge the gap between vampire and humanity, because she's Barbara Gordon, but ultimately... It just feels like a big loss for everyone around. I don't even know how you bring this world back from the brink that it's at at this point in time. And just everybody who's here, like, I don't even know what you do with this. Because when you end with Barbara Gordon being the queen of vampires, you got Wonder Woman vampire and Grill God vampire under her, like, you know, by her side. But you also have the poison blood of Harley Quinn. I'm like, what happens to that character? And we'll probably find out because we have to have a sequel because now it's just moving on. We have no definitive ending. We killed Dick Grayson. We have a new queen of the vampires. And we just still have, like, Damian Wayne vampire. It's just... It's just very underwhelming overall. So this I'm going to give a 5.8 out of 10, and mostly because I like Otto Schmidt's art, but even that is a problem at times trying to decipher what's actually going on with the way the colors yeah. work. Yeah, and I don't know if it's a script, you know, and it's kind of because there's a lot to resolve here. They're trying to do that. Maybe it got a little wonky. I was all about the Green Arrow story at first, but ultimately Yeah, you really like that, and it went nowhere. I mean, at and the, the end, dialogue when you... with Grifter's jokes, it's just over the top and terrible throughout that whole Smallville section. Actually, when he ends up where he says, hey, it's almost like knock, knock, F you. Yeah. I thought you were going to like that, and I was like, <laughs> no, no, I'm sorry. There are things that we had previously in the Smallville sections that I liked with Grifter and stuff like that because it was a little bit of levity at the end of I the world. I was going to say it was that. a little levity, and it was like the the uh, you know the blue collar guys Exa- doing yeah. their deal, kind of a cool but, play. But when you have this battle going on in Smallville, it's like, hey, fuckers, I have a question. What the what did the mystery mysterious sexy badass mercenary say to the vampires? What the hell is this prisoner? That's a good guess, but no, he said, fuck you. And then they all die. The battle starts, and there's Griffin uh, Green Arrow. You hear my joke? Yeah, not great. Ah, fuck you too. I'm like, cool. all right. Cool, cool, That's cool. what we're doing. That's <laughs> what we're doing there with your wing Let's go games. back to Cenobite Nightwing. Yeah, I also like at the end where it's like, oh, and the heroes went on, and some lived on, and some made pirate maps and look for the treasure that's what it looks like they're doing in there with that stupid map and then others they bound together for the human yeah screw you i i want at the end for me to be there right next to grifter hey what did the fan who was trying to like this say to the writer who couldn't finish a fucking story you know what he says fuck you that's what that's he says right. and that's Constru- what i'm gonna say I wasn't going to give this an fu five but it almost plays with that joke but i'm not i'm just going to give it a standard five Centrified because, you know, some of the things, I guess, it's, it doesn't, it just was bad. And then the end of like, you know, you even call it Dawn. It's the last issue. Please stop it. Stop it. But that's it for the first section of books. We're done with those. Get rid of them. And we're going to head off. We end up having two books left. Uh, and we have 
books that Eric should love. These are his characters. This is an Eric Shea section coming up. We'll see if it is overall, though, when we come back. Well, he stares into the mirror, moosing up his hair. Blows kisses to himself, and he really thinks that tear is tear. Well, that's just Eric Shea. Looking for a star screen, or maybe a hot cap. Spends all his money buying all that crap. Well, that's just Eric Shea. That is Eric Shea, and I finally got my sound bites ready, Eric. Here we right. go. Say say something about vampires. <laughs> you know, what would what, you what say about, about vampires? The vampire. Oh, the vampires. Who ordered the steak? Yes, sir. Now you say something. It. Say something about the mummies. What about the mummies? Where's the beef? Oh my! I did uh. it again, Eric. I did it again. Here we are. We have two books left. They are. I guess, you know, kind of like young adult type titles, right? I don't know. This Tim Drake book that we're going to talk about second, I don't know what the hell that book is. It's like all over the place, doesn't know what it wants to do, and I think it's going to break Eric Shea's heart because it was his book of the week last time, centering on the idea of knowing the Robins and the characters. And then I, I was afraid that we had to get back to the story. That's what really kills it here is we actually have to get back to whatever story the hell is going on. Cause I couldn't explain it to you, but we'll try. But what are we starting with there? We're starting on blue beetle graduation day. Number two written by Josh Chirillo with art by Adrian Gutierrez, Will Quintana and Lucas Gattoni. And in this, we already have Jaime Reyes moving to Palmera city so we can go and be a bus boy slash waiter for his, his aunts, you know, Restaurant slash diner. I guess the same thing. Restaurant slash diner. Wait, they say it's a drive-in, but then it's a diner, and then I don't know. It's points he might be on roller skates. Uh, I don't know, Eric. I don't know. But what's it's such going a weird on. idea because we have the Reach invasion of Earth once again, so we have to have Jaime Reyes out of action because the Just League are worried about what his scarab's going to do now that the Reach are coming to attack Earth and stuff along those lines. So he is put on the sidelines, moving to Palmero City because apparently, if you ain't going to college right away, your ass got to get out of freaking. <laughs> out of El Paso for some reason in his parents' mind. So he's pretty much just out and about right now. And thankfully, Cord Industries has one of his giant hubs in Palmero City, which is it's the weirdest thing. It's like one of the fastest growing cities for years. I'm like, well, how much can it grow if it's been going on for as long as you're talking about? Yeah, and about even and like, like says that. about it, even almost like maybe that's the poking fun of it. And it's weird, right? A lot of the stuff in this book is weird. And I just want to ask you the idea if you were a parent, God forbid, Eric. I wish you were. So me and you can commiserate together, right? What you if know you're about a parent, it? <laughs> if, I'm, if I was a parent, Eric, I don't know what that's all about. But if I was, the idea of Jaime having to leave, like you certainly could have put, you know, a court industries in El Paso. They, you know, you're well, you going have to, in the last four yeah, book. So that's what's weird. So you're changing it up. But it seems like, well, what's what's the play here? Why do you have to change it? And in my mind, it's a diss. On Brenda and Paco uh, completely because the idea where you're not going to get a job, you have to like you would say you got to get away from these deadbeat friends years. What they have plans, they're doing oh, yeah. their things, they're going off the university and things like that. It's a weird play of hey, we don't want you just lounging about here, so we're going to force you to go work with your can, aunts. Can I get it's a just, job in El Paso? No. Yeah, it's yeah, it's like a weird play of like they didn't want to have the family involved for some reason. So you go with just the ants. I don't know. It's a weird play. There's a lot of things that end up happening in this book that I sit and scratch my head. Like, why did you jump through those two hoops when you really didn't have to? And why are you setting up something that 
it'd be more interesting doing something else. And I'll, I'll let you get back to the whole deal. But one of my big plays in the first issue was finally I was thinking we were going to get Heine with the scarab talking it up at the very beginning for like a half a page. It really felt like, man, this is like a Spider-Man book. It's real fun. You're having a lot of deal with the scarab. And then all of a sudden that signal came and messes it up because the reach is coming. I mean, really, the reach around Eric. <laughs> I, I tried to make that work like three times now. But you end up with all this where you're lessening the deal. I don't like the idea of handicapping the hero. Okay, you're Especially here. because you don't get very much of them. When well, you, like, you know, well, and here that was you get them point. in like any campy blue beetle proper. And, yeah, and my point in that first issue that I was kind of upset about, that was my exact point. The idea where a lot of people at this point have either only read bullshit Blue Beetle because there hasn't been a great Blue Beetle in a long while or they don't even know. And I wanted to say, okay, besides getting like deep into it and reach and stuff like that, we're going to have that. But first and foremost, make a fun book where people end up reading this mini series and saying, you know what? This Blue Beetle is pretty cool. I'd like to see more of him. And then boom, you go from there. This would be the foundation. It's almost like you have a movie coming out. Exactly. And, you know, you want to get people excited. So you're handicapping them right away. And I don't understand that. Once you get Ted, it's cool. I don't know exactly what continuity they're playing here. Me and you were discussing it, but I can I can actually let all that pass and be pushed aside because we're getting Blue Beetle and let's see what's going on. But you even do things where out of nowhere you get this yellow beetle. And okay, the reach is coming. Oh, this must be the deal you even said. And I'm not going on about, oh, I told you, or I bet you this, whatever. But I don't understand, like, you introduced this character. You didn't really need the reach yet. I mean, the idea that the reach is coming, that's huge. But that's also what's kind of putting him on the sidelines, but also then having people want to. Well, not only that, because you have him on the sidelines because Superman says the Justice League doesn't want you doing Blue Beetle shit because the Reach are coming and we're worried about what that means. But before that even happens, Kanjay Dodd stops, you know, talking to Jaime because he's only speaking in Reach language. And Jaime can't control the scab the way he does. Even when he's trying to transform, Kanji Dodd goes back and forth, like, you know, against his will. So even when you have the Yellow Beetle, Dynastis show up who, like, you have to assume, in my mind, that this is a part of the Reach invasion, something big going on. She appeared when the Reach were supposed to be invading, and now she's after Jaime Reyes for whatever reason. And we get a fight here, but it's just not enough at Cord Industries with Blue Beetle here versus the Yellow Beetle. And to the point where Ked Cord has to show up and just put her in an energy lock, and we don't do anything with it. Because even yeah, when you have a the moment of play, time right? to like, talk, like, what are you doing this? Like, who are you really? And we find out who her she is and like what her name is. It seems like we have more time to actually talk about Ted Cord's sister, who's now in charge of Cord Industries, Victoria Cord, and what she's doing and how, you know, she's taking control of the company while Ted takes control of just doing Blue Beetle superhero stuff. And it's just like palling around with Booster Gold, I guess. But it's like, and what we had in the Blue and Gold series, it seemed like he was annexed from Ted, like, uh, Cord Industries by the shareholders. I'm guessing his sister was put in charge. He had no money, but now I guess. I can make it work. Yeah, you I said can make it work. So I think him. that they're going. That mini series has nothing to do with this. I I don't know, but the weird play of this and and the idea and is your asshole neighbor playing a lot of music because I'm starting that's to hear yelling. that music again. Okay, well here is and that's yelling that they're yeah. doing there. Oh God! Uh, tell them to shut up, Eric, and, and you fight them while I listen. That'd be cool. But this whole play, it's almost like, and it's funny because the Blue Beetle, it's not going to be a big book. I mean, I know you want it to be, and a lot of people might like it, but in this realm, though, 
having the reach to me is like having the Joker. It is like having a Lex Luthor. So when you end up having this girl show up as Yellow Beetle, start yelling things, she's never going to be the most important thing here because the reach are on their way. Even if we don't even get the reach in this, you're still going to worry about the reach more. I think that you get rid of Don't have the reach. This would have been cool where there's Jaime going around and all of a sudden, Yellow Beetle? Who the hell is this? Thinking maybe it, like it is the reach. Thinking board. it may be the deal. Yeah, so then ends up, this could have sustained the miniseries. This could have been the idea of, y- you could have where, didn't you expect almost that they were going to fight, and then at the end you'd have Yellow Beetle like get the best and Ted Court shows up and she skedaddles. I'll get you later, Jaime. Oh my God, it, it knows who I am? What's going on? What kind of thing is? But instead, Ted just shows up, barely bats an eye. At the scale of Beetle, just zap, zap, boom, and they have her in this, you know, Energy field. electric field. And yeah. she's just there saying, don't hurt my scare. And Old he's like, X. okay. And yeah, and he's like, oh, I'm going to talk to her. This is it's also such a weird, weird idea way. because he, he believes, believes that Ziamara here is attacking Cord Industries, but she is here specifically to attack Jaime Reyes. And while I want to know more about the Yellow Beetle who goes by Dynastus, which is the name of the Hercules Beetle. So for anybody wondering why it's called Dynastus. When you have this going on, we have her in this energy field. We want to talk. Why are you attacking me? I want to know if you're connecting to the reach. Are you attacking me because you think I'm connected to the reach? What's your background? Nope, we're not going to deal with any of this because it's just more like the idea of like, well, I better go back and do stuff with my aunts at the diner. I'm like, what, what, what are you doing? We we have her right here. We can talk to her. Re- rewind a bit, Eric, of this podcast because, again, this is where they're doing it wrong. This is where I said when you have that job stuff and that where they, they aren't getting the pacing right with it where you want to have the heroing stuff and really a very important thing. And he's just back to the job, back to talk to us. And so you have a double shift tomorrow. Oh my God. Like really like this is huge. This is not. And the idea again, where I want to know, is it that her scarab ends up picking up the signal that it really does feel maybe like the, you know, the, his scarab is signaling for the attack. Like it's now not able to be talked. It's talking reach. It all feels, Wrong, like he might end up being like, oh no, it's not, but it is kind of. But Zia well, Scarab seems to be fine though. Yeah, and that's where, and she might be like, no, no, I'm supposed to protect Earth now. Well, I'm supposed to. Like, there's some cool things with that where they could play that up in a fun way, but it just kind of gets pushed aside. And yeah, I kind of might be interested to learn about Ted Court's sister, but not that much. I really want to have the idea and the scarab doing things. I was thinking about this before because in the last Blue Beetle series, we had the idea that it was no longer reach technology. It goes back to what, you know, Dan Garrett originally thought with this ancient Egyptian, like magically infused, like Naboo scarab and stuff along the lines that gave him his power that Ted was never able to access. And then it became this whole reach thing that hypes. But why not do the thing where if we have Ziamara here, we go back to the idea that Ted thought he had this one scarab that was Dan's all along, but it was actually this reach one, or he thought that when it went missing, this was the one that Jaime had, where we have two scarabs that are identical. We have one that came down to Earth for the Reach, and we have one that was made because the ancient Egyptian magicians or whatever wanted to worship the gods that brought up this technology, and they infused it with magic. So you have two versions of this scarab, but it's a different technology. One's magic, one's like alien tech, and you can have both of these aspects. It's just that people got it wrong all this time about which one was which. It actually, this reminds me a bit of the Azrael book at the moment now. Uh, you know, you can end up getting and kind of reinventing the whole deal. And actually, when you say that, it wouldn't have been a cool, it would have been a cool idea to maybe go and explore which scarab and things like that. And that would mean that this book is actually doing something to set the continuity and things like that. Then when he goes off, Eric, of course, he runs into Teddy. 
the young Black Adam, and then they go and do hijinks together. I don't want to do I'm that. Telling you, I wouldn't mind that. I actually wouldn't, but I don't know. Teddy's Teddy doesn't make come. sense. He's gone. So, but you end up where the art, when, you know, Ted, it's very cartoony, looks kind of right. cool, and the colors really pop okay. Um, but overall, isn't this one of those stories that I talk a lot about where I know that I'm not enjoying something because I check the page count? This one was weird because a lot of times when I get done and I go, what? We're, we're done. It means that I was enjoying it. But by the time I got to the end, I'm like, wait a second. We didn't really tell any story here. I wanted to know more about what was going on. I felt like we were missing pages and things like that by the end. And then by the end, to even muck it up more, you end up the answer there. And seriously, Starfire's in the alley. Like, they, they made her stay in the alley. Like, hey, by the way, I mean. You have a friend out there in the alley. Look, I don't want to scare off customers either. Her yeah, hair's well, on I fire. No, well, it, it does look like that. But it seems like it's closing time. I guess they semi-sonic to sit and said, get out of here, bitch. That's right. But she's there in the hall, in the alley. You don't got to go home, Starfire, but you can't stay here. She's like, okay, I'll go in the alley. So she's there. Maybe, I don't alley know. Alley property. I was actually going to say some really sus thing. Uh, you end up where she's like, hey there, the planet's preparing for war, Jaime Reyes. And you're the only one who could stop it. Well, what happened before of what he was told not to? Is this going to be like, well, I didn't get the memo. We wanted you to do this. I don't know. But by the end, I wanted to know more about Ziamara. I wanted them to talk about the scarabs and things like that. And that gets, that gets pushed aside almost and like that's they the don't care. Part, because we have Jaime Reyes there. We have Victoria Cord. And we have Ted Cord all decked out in his Blue Beetle gear at Cord Industries. We have Ziamara, the Yellow Beetle all locked up in an energy field. It all is, instead of just getting information now and right at this point in time, it's like, well, Victoria has a facility that can keep her under control. I'm like, well, we don't have to go that far because we just talked to this girl who's out of her scarab right now and find out what's and, actually and going weird, on. Like, the weird play of this is without, like, it seems like this is like a bullet point type deal. Okay, we're going to have Yellow Beetle. We're saying it's a Ciamara. She's in the cage. Boom, they go. But the idea that they're locking up a young girl here and just saying, oh, we have some place to keep her. It's better than my. No, no, no. You're not really allowed to do that. I don't think and it just feels wrong. The idea where you did have Jaime seemingly wanting to talk to her. And when he does get that reveal of I wasn't here to attack Ted, you know, court industries. I was here to attack you. Oh, my. Like, that's the most interesting thing. And, yeah, you better not hurt my scarab. Oh, but this is Kanji Da. It's a weird deal. Like I said, I would have played it up. You have a battle. You end up where she, at the end, does escape and says, hey, Jaime, I'll get you. And he's like, oh, my God, how does she know it's me? But then you have the Ted stuff. Like, oh, man, hey, by the way, look at me. I'm Ted Cord, and Here's my sister. Do all that stuff. But I would have been more interested in having this be the focus. But they kind of just push it aside. Yeah, he's probably going to go talk to her and stuff like that. But why not now? Why not have it now then go back to... You know, and have the deal where, hey, look. I, I don't even, even know why the reason is, like, we have to be in Palmyra City. We have to have him working for his aunts. And even the idea where Ted is saying, like, look, I'm going to give you an unpaid internship and a badge to make sure you come to court industries whenever you want. Unpaid. It's unpaid because of tax deal, reasons. Right? And, and that's the thing. It's like, but there's no deal to it. He says unpaid because of tax reasons. But why isn't there, like, he can get an internship that's paid at court industries now that he's out of high school with Ted Court, his mentor? The crazy weird deal, Ted right there should have said, listen, I don't have any scratch. My sister does. But in that, that's not what your mom and dad sent you to Palmar about. You were there to get a damn job and work and do this. Yeah, it's an internship. Had to work at his aunt's. I would sit there and say, you still work at your aunt's. You're not going to this internship with your buddy Ted. Like that. It's not vacation well, time. 
But the weird play is, though, they throw that out there. Why? Why do that now? Why wasn't it just, hey, I'm not going to university. I got this internship and just went there. You totally should have. Yeah. And then in this, then, you don't have Brenda and Paco. That is a big play. That is a huge thing in this book. So what do you do? You have them talking and, and sending videos to them. He is actually talking to his friends, but video footage. He's a sad Why? sack. Why didn't you just have them there? They were there. Or at give us kanji to Why talk didn't to. They, yeah, or, yeah, you have to have something. And, and it feels like that first issue was such a misplay that it's going to tilt this whole series in a wrong way by the end because you're making up for things already. And that's weird play. And it's just not that fun. It's it's a lot. It's scattered and it's not really focusing on the fun aspects that you could have had with Blue Beetle. Uh, but we'll see. I mean, maybe we'll get a reach invasion. I really think that the whole deal isn't going to get any of that. I think that that's how it's going to end. Oh, no. The reach are almost here. Reach around there, Eric. Uh, and you get, Hey, where are the reach? Oh, they're the reach. They're around. Does that work, Eric? Maybe. Oh, my. But yeah, it's just it's kind of a dud. But uh, what would you give it? Ultimately, I think the art in this is the strongest thing going for it. I love me a Blue Beetle. I'll always have a Blue Beetle on my pull list because of how much I love the character, whether it's Ted Kord or Jaime Reyes. So this is something that I'm always going to gravitate towards. I'm happy to see these characters, and I even like the idea where I'm trying to make the continuity work for what is displayed here. I just think that the story could be better off if it was told in a different kind of way, where it's not taking Jaime out of his element, giving him no powers for what you want to see a blue beetle have, and ultimately not give us any answers about what you're setting up with the Reach Invasion, this new yellow beetle. You're just stringing us along, hoping that one day something will happen, and I don't know if it will, but I still assume it will, but I'm giving a 6 out of 10. Yeah, I think I'm a 6 out of 10 as well because of all that. Like you're saying, somebody's singing downstairs out of nowhere. I'm going to kill him. But you end up with all this going. You have that play where... They are handicapping the hero, and really in this, I think that the big play is just to show how fun the character can be. That's all I think they had to do, and you're kind of fudging it right now, but it could all change, maybe Starfire. But you're also there. Starfire seems like almost like that deal where we have to add this extra, you know, guest star. It just felt weird, but I'll go six out of ten as well. Yeah, yeah, and that's fun. And I don't know, you know, maybe it'll be interesting with the sister and things like that, but we'll have to see. Now I realize it's not singing, it's the dog moaning. I actually thought it was the dog the entire time. Yeah, it is the dog. I couldn't really hear what's going on. She is very upset about all sorts of things going on in the house, including my wife being downstairs and she can't get to us. So with that, though, we'll move on to the next book, which, again, I said at the beginning, you would have Blue Beetle on your pull list, whether you like it or not. You love Blue Beetle. And Tim Drake, you'd have this book. On your pull list, it's not good. It's not good at all. But you would still have it on your pull list and give us the stats. Tim Drake, Robin, number four, written by Megan Fitzmartin with art by Riley Rossmo, Lee Lowridge, and Tom Napolitano. And everything I liked about the last issue with the idea that Robin, like, we're we're showing that, like, Megan Fitzmartin can write Tim Drake, Robin. The way he thinks, the way he feels, and the way he acts as a Robin, how he feels about the other members of the Bat family, and how he is somebody who's more calculating than the rest who, like, you know, thinks more of as a detective like Batman. Obviously, we have that the whole idea of the mystery slash detective story that's around us with these white constructs. But by the end of that last issue, when we had this doppelganger Robin situation with this Clayface stuff mixed with Venom, while it sounded kind of goofy, it was getting us away from what we had previously, which was a terrible, terrible fucking story. Going into this issue, I'm very disappointed because what we're doing is getting rid of everything I liked about the last issue and going back to that terrible, terrible fucking story and just showing weird elements to people. Like, even the way that we're going to tell the detective story where Tim's just trying to think about 
all these different elements and how they relate to different mysteries and detective novels. Just to have, for some reason, his landlord, James, come in. You know what? I know I'm not supposed to be here. I'm not going to knock, but you know what, Tim Drake? I am very upset about the murders that are taking place. What do you think about the murders that are taking place? Can you relieve my haunted soul to tell me that everything's going to be okay? I'm like, he's a young man. What are you doing? Just walking Why in was this boat? guy just walking in? And it played out the idea that at first I'm like, is this guy on the take? Is he the ultimately? But he's not. It's the and most convoluted and forced way to get us to the situation where Tim Drake can't figure out what's going on until he has this old printout paper of what's going like these numbers and stuff like that. And the guy just says, hey, it looks like a cipher. Oh, my God. By Jove, he's got it. So, it's a I mean, cipher. That's what you get throughout this. I mean, you Thank say you, the James. idea. This is so convoluted. The way that things progress that she cannot figure out how to make things progress in this bullshit of a story that I don't even know what's going on. I mean, even when you start, you have Tim sitting there going through the clues. Well, I got a Sherlock Holmes hat. I got some computer printout. I have a diamond the shape of the or the size of a baseball. I don't know what the fuck's going on. And then he starts doing his thing. And that's where this guy busts in. And his dialogue is way weird. Everything is odd. He ends up like, oh, man, you're my favorite tenant. You're the deal. I thought because he ends up saying, and she has to make this work in the idea, most of the people must own their boats, but he rents because he doesn't have a, it's just nonsense. But yeah, you're my favorite tenant. I wanted him to yell, I'm your only tenant. Eh, same thing. Some sort of thing that's fun. The only way I could get a place on the marina was to rent. But like moorings were like here, don't open for years, even if you have Wayne money. I'm like, <laughs> All right. You know who doesn't have Wayne money? Wayne. Uh, yeah. You also end up, and I mean little Wayne, he's hurting there. Uh, oh, you end up, I don't think little Wayne's hurting. You end up where. Stop spreading rumors. Tim Drake, allegedly. Tim Drake, he can't solve anything, and then it ends up being, man, I love the idea. It almost is like, man, I got this whole puzzle, and I can't figure shit out. Man, that's a conundrum. Conundrum, I get it now. He just says basically a cipher. Oh, oh, yeah, because there's numbers and things. And then he's sitting there trying to figure that out. Can't figure anything out from that. And he's walking around and he's got numbers, deals, all this stuff. Oh, yeah, this is cipher. Okay. Oh, man, where's Bernard? Oh, there he is. He comes storming in. There's my boy. <laughs> like, what is going on in this book? Well, Everybody gathers then to witness the weirdest thing Pie going getting on. Where fired. Pie gets fired. You end up having this guy. I actually, I was like, what is he getting fired from? I thought that maybe he worked in a restaurant, but he's got the welding goggles on. That's a weird restaurant. And then you see the construction stuff around. But the whole play is, I should have never hired one of you scum barrels. <laughs> you Maria the, scum barrels. That's the dialogue. You end up while you're around all Seems these people Seems Councilman Rathbone was right about you degenerates. And that's the whole idea now that we're trying to shut down the marina. Uh, Councilman Rathbone doesn't like it. So he's getting all the people who own business to fire the people who the live at the marina play, though, to get rid of the weird. degenerates. It looks like he's getting fired at the construction site at the marina yeah. that's owned by Rathbone. And then these people are like, I don't know. Where else can we get a job? I don't really want to travel more than 10 feet to get to work so we're done i just don't understand like you said though because in the background we're at the marina where tim lives right? you have rathbone construction the guy who's getting fired right now is not mayor uh, councilman rathbone but councilman rathbone had to do the hiring here ultimately because he owns the company and like why do you all of this is just so out of control and i don't know why we're doing this so ultimately just get back to the idea where tim is trying to figure out oh my god 
this piece of paper is a cipher. It's got all these numbers on it. But what do these numbers mean? Holy shit. I didn't even think about it. I'm missing four books in no, my collection that, right wait now. Wait a minute. Wait. Stop right there, Eric, because this is what he says. This is the weird part. He ends up sitting there and says, man, if I move out, I'm not going to have anywhere to live. All I'll have is my books and me. Oh, my God, my books. And he runs back and says, holy crap, they're missing. It didn't even seem like he knew that. That is the progression. The progression of this mystery is, hey, that looks like a cipher. Eureka, it is. Oh, man, I'm going to be stuck with my books. My books. Oh, wait a minute. Some are missing. That's the cipher. How does this make sense? How well, even the idea sense? when you have the numbers, here's 4, 73, 67, 1, 1, 198, 100, 1, 4. And I can understand the idea that these are going to correspond to certain pages and sentences and like words in a book and stuff like that. But when he gets down to it and actually starts figuring out what the, the books that he had, because he can just go online and PDF them, and thank God it's the same oh, like page count as his actual print books and stuff along those lines. I figure out like this. So like, uh, what are the words? I'm trying to get to it. Book three. Black Mask, you know, magazine, page 67, word, you know, it goes through the whole thing, Donovan. And this goes, it's all names. These are all first and last names. And for some reason, I have no idea how, because it's not part of the cipher. It's just numbers that he's associated. He knows he has four missing books that these are going to come out of. But how does he get to the point where he knows which book is book one and book two well, and again, book three you and book have four? That. And again, like I said, this wasn't the idea. It seems that he knew stuff were missing before. He ends up saying, I'm going to be living with my books. Oh, my God, my books and goes back and he says, oh, they're missing. Like, Four of them. where where was the clue? there was no clue? He just thought like that's like me saying I, I can't figure this out. And I'm like, you know what? I used to play a lot of video games, but oh, the video games. And then I'm there and it actually, oh, I'm missing. Nothing makes sense. It's just made up. And then you end up where between all these scenes. You have shit like Bernard show up right there. I got sustenance. And then they're going to eat Ooh, my uh. hero. And these back and forth, it's just weird. And please tell me, what the fuck is he dipping these fries in? I I'm swear it's to gravy, God, I hope it's gravy. I, I hope it's gravy. I don't know what they're into, but it looks like it's How does that mean? nonsense. I'm telling you, it looks like maybe that shit's dipping in something else. But you end up where gravy. he's like, hey, I, I got it. Actually, it might be chili. I don't know. That's good, too. I don't know, right? But uh, it might also be something else. Niels knows mean? what I'm talking about in Germany, right? You end up there where they're hanging, and he's like, I don't know, Bernard. Something's missing. Everything's jagged, and it's a circuit. It's not connected. Well, there, Tim, you weren't like this back in school. I remember back in math class. I'm like, go fuck yourself, all of you. And then they're like, oh, you'll get it. You'll figure it out. And there he goes off, and I'm I'm so lost. With anything of what's happening in this, because he's thinking of the cipher that ends up being random people, Ka- you know, They're Kathy all different Horn names. Wally like, also, Sipe. we have Wally Sipe, Kathy Horn, and Carol Donovan. Now we got to find out who these people are because, for, and I'm telling you, this could be interchanged as far as I'm concerned. Because I'm like, how do you know which book is book one? How you go about these names? I mean, it, yeah, it could be Wally Donovan. Who knows? Exactly. So, you know, whatever. But, but because of this, we got to get the Batgirls involved, and it's just a weird situation where it's cool seeing the Batgirls hang out and Tim Drake hanging out and all these things. Because, like I said before, we're talking about the Catwoman and Punchline book this week, where. I like when you have these characters interacting with it looks like their current situations in their ongoing books because it feels like Gotham is a lived in place and all these characters are actually interacting and doing things outside of what they're normally you see them doing. But the Batgirls being here doesn't do nothing. It's more of a no, wow moment nothing. that doesn't like it's just like 
it's just talking about how cool the Batgirls are. Yeah, and that's all it is. And then they say how great people he is. Who are murdered. Yeah. Yeah. And I love the idea because it does continue in this issue. The thing that, like, anything in this book ends up getting everybody upset. Oh, my God. Look at Pi. Pi's getting fired. Oh, my God. The minute somebody's murdered, it's like nobody's care. You end up where, oh, another dead body. Even when you have Bernard, are you safe right now? And he's like, safe? Nothing about this mystery is safe. Really, nothing about this mystery makes sense. And Stephanie almost died. Three people already died in brutal, gruesome ways. I'm like, don't try to push this as something big. And then he ends up where, like you said, I'm going to call the back girls in. They're pretty cool. And you know what a Robin does? Makes a grand entrance. He yells, look at me. Look between my legs with my ass in the air. What is he doing there? He's like flipping, but when he ends up, he's like, my hey, attention. hey, girls, look at me. My ass cheeks are talking to you. They end up on their scooters, which are where they got those. They end up almost crashing like, holy shit, what are you doing with those ass cheeks? And then they end up, hey, what's up? Nothing much doing this mystery. You're pretty cool. Yeah, you're cool, too. That's all you get. I'm telling you, you have cast where I think she got conked in the head because you have this one where they're talking about this. Hey. Sorry about what happened with your neighbors. Oh, man, this case is complex. All this going on. There's so much dialogue. And then Cassie, she's sitting there, goes, it's not safe. <laughs> she's like a robot. Oh, and they're like, you're right. You're right. You cracked the case, Cass. But all this going down is, okay, we got to figure out who these people are. Then you convolute that with, oh, my God, there, there's, you know, eight versions of this guy and this person. You know, there's so many different Carol Donovans in town. But I we don't do know eventually which one. find Wally's sight. But the problem is he's already killed him, killed in the most ridiculous ways. It's like, <laughs> oh, my God, burn marks around his neck. They look like a necklace, a pearl <laughs> necklace. I'm like, how? Oh, OK. You just had in a book that is so ridiculous, you just had a guy in this book die by getting a pearl necklace. I ended up <laughs> laughing so much. I laughed so much at this. I'm like, I don't think she knows what that means. But then like, I'm the telling you, it, he just, says it. it just becomes more nonsense that only Tim Drake would ever understand and know, which I'm telling you, I would like that to be a good thing. It's just not because it just is a ridiculous story where the names, I know these names, they're from something. Huh, the cipher. It's a puzzle. Oh my God, it's goldfish we're now all of a sudden where we had before like in the uh the the prologues of the series with the little i forget what store where they came from if it was the pride it was the pride issue and then you also had the first bits of this where you had these white discs that were creating these white construct freaking ghost monsters but they're animals like orangutans elephants and now we have a gigantic it's not supposed to be a goldfish it's a gigantic floating construct shark and for some reason in this it crashes to the wall and tim drake tells us that we're never tangible before they're not like uh, and i'm like what are you talking about you use the orangutan hairs to figure out it was an orangutan yeah, you use that everything's got she it doesn't remember her story and that's how you can't write a mystery like it's this like, it's never been corporeal before i'm like bullshit yeah yeah it has been and we even called it out then and they oh now it is and so yeah uh, now we're going with there's a disc go under it there has to be a disc no disc oh shit Oh my god, the disc is out. inside of this thing. So Robin allows himself to be eaten by this goldfish shark, goes through all this thing just to find the white disc and shut it down. And I'm just, I'm telling you, I want to say it's I at wish this point, but it's throughout the whole then. book. It'd be kind of cool. It'd be it's shit out kind of cool. But, uh, it'd be awesome. But Man. you have the situation that I was, I, I want to say it was at this point that I got upset, but I've been upset this entire book because in so the last bad. issue, while we got a lot of mail with people upset that this was my book of the week, 
<laughs> I saw promise. I saw yeah. all of these elements that looked like it could be a really cool story and a good book. To come back to this though and go back to the detective stories, the mis- the murder mysteries, and all these Sherlock Holmes nonsense. These white discs with these apparition constructs that don't make any goddamn sense. They keep changing and not coming to- together with what the Megamans Fitzmartin says it's going on. It means nothing. It's just so at the end we have a guy who looks like an asshole who wants to be Robin's freaking main <laughs> arch enemy who was kidnapped Bernard now and knows Tim Drake's identity this whole time, which nobody's ever really been talking about, but that is a big sticking point. And I'm just, what happened to the Clayface and Venom combination? <laughs> that's the thing. It's last, at the end of last issue, I remember what we said, and I think you misunderstood what I said, but it ended up working out anyway, because I said, you know, you got your little fan service nonsense here, Eric. But we're going to have to get back to the mystery. And I think you thought I meant what we got in this issue, where I think when you said we can't go back to that because what you were, I think, saying, we're we're progressing this. We're doing Clayface Venom stuff now. Like, we can't go back to that bullshit from the beginning. I didn't we mean that. I just meant the whole deal. But we did. We went, we went, we went all the way back. I mean, nobody. What Tim, to that cool stuff Tim, is, Tim is supposed to be, you know, smart. I mean, I had to learn smart. about his landlord James and how he's real scared. And so at the end, you get uh, first off. I mean, seriously, Riley Rossimo's art is awful. It's awful, but I'm starting to get used to it. It's starting to be like the idea that we said with Harley. I'm not enjoying it, but I'm getting used to it. But at the end, when we need to kind of look at clues and say, "Okay, who's this dude?" At the end, he thinks he's a villain. I think he's, I think an, he's asshole, an asshole, right? And so when I'm looking, I'm like, are we supposed to maybe get, because, okay, no is that, like, the idea where I look at him, don't put the whole mane of hair that seems to be behind him that I at first didn't even notice, but. Honestly, I didn't notice until you just said it. <laughs> I thought that what this was going to be is, and okay, would this make sense? <laughs> Here we go. The idea that, you know, Steph and, and Robin, we talked about this, that it might be Clue Master, something like this. But this guy is one of those where he's a knockoff Clue the asshole who ends up thinking, you know, because Steph was involved now, he's going to step in as the Riddle Master or the Cypher Master. Cypher will probably be part of his name, by the way. But you end up where he's got something in his hand. Well, what with about that, that scientist we had last issue who was like that Moriarty assistant or some, whatever the fuck his name was? I can't remember what the hell it was. I mean, the last thing, one of the last things you saw was a goddamn clay face coming out of a bathtub. And uh, <laughs> where was, where did that go? I mean, what happened? I, wasn't Tim there with him? I thought that they were all no. like, they, I thought he was, oh, that was that other Robin that yeah, kind of got that, back. That was that like Jason Todd, like burning skid one. Yeah, what happened to him? What's going on with them? I like that. The only thing you get is... How was this man, I think it was the landlord's like, yeah, oh my God, there was a lot of Robins about here. Fighting. Oh, those weren't all real Robins. Like that. I'm like, is that all we're going to get? Because what the fuck was going on there? And then at the end, like I said, I'm trying to get some hints. He's got a, a lasso, maybe. I think, that, like, look, at the bottom, I didn't even realize when I'm looking at it, he's actually strangling some dude there. I don't no, know so what's Bernard. going on. Yeah, and it looked, yeah, Bernard. So he's doing that. I, for some reason, I was thinking up. something else. He's tied up with nowhere to go. You end up where you have these floating orb robots. You I'm have, they're like those little probe droids we saw guarding Lex Luthor. Yeah, you have books on the deal. So that probably are the books that he stole because there was four missing. But how did he do that? I, I don't get it. I, I don't get it. I don't see what's happening. You think it's but just going to turn out to be Councilman Rathbone for no reason? <laughs> Who <laughs> we've never really seen all of a sudden he's there. He's like, look at me. He looks like he's wearing a velour outfit. I'll give him that. I mean, it really does look that way. I actually think that what he's doing 
I thought that this was going to be somewhere along the lines of Clue Master saying you should be dating my daughter. I still think we're going to go that route. I think that this is going to be a knockoff Clue Master who thinks that Tim should be with Steph, and that's why he's got you know Bernard there. I don't know. Who knows? This could be anything. I mean, you can this sit there at like, the I end. I want to be the best villain Gotham has ever seen, and what does the best villain have? A dapper costume, a killer name, and most of all, a worthy opponent. I'm like, already, you want to be the best villain that Gotham has ever seen, and what you want is a Robin to be your arch nemesis. Yeah, really. He's starting a little lower. You like Robin, but... I love Robin. How does he know to get Bernard? Like, how does he know well, to get thing. Bernard? He knows man. to get Bernard because for some reason, which we don't talk about, he knows Tim Drake's identity. Yeah, that's the, the truth. Yeah, that's the deal. So I don't like, could this, <laughs> this can't be Clue Master, right? It really no. can't. But how does he know the identity? And what does he have? That rope is all over the place. He's got hair longer than tomorrow. <laughs> Look at this fucking Longer guy. than tomorrow. <laughs> We just ended an issue of Blue Beetle with the craziest hair for Starfire. He just said, hold my beer right here because he's got it. Look at that thing. He's like Robert Plant back in the day. He's going to rock and roll. Oh, my goodness, this asshole. I I don't know what's going on in this book. It sucks. It's so bad. And when I'm reading it, I don't want to say that I want you to not enjoy it. But I I don't know why. You're not going to say it, but secretly we don't know. No, I, I got a little bit of a giggle. Because, I, but then I feel bad because I, you wanna, I want you to like it, but I knew that you couldn't like this. I want to love so it so bad. I mean, scenes progress in ways that I have no clue. That's the real mystery. The Poor real mystery got is fired, where the hell Jim. is getting this? Yeah, yeah, pie. And even pie. then, I'm, I'm telling That's you, a because construction. because Megan Fitzmartin really has she done any character work. You know what I mean? You thought that last issue was where he's like, oh, the Robin's this and that. I told you. She looked on the Wikipedia. In this, the character work Sometimes is, that's all you got to do. Is the big bad boss guy, listen here, crumb bums. <laughs> it's nothing. Scumbarrels. And, and he's just like, why are they? I, I don't get it. I don't get what is going on there. And what did what did Pi do? I want to know why he got fired. Did he start He was one welding? of those marina scumbarrels. No, he was. He was a scumbarrel and ended up like he was messing around. We don't care for your kind over here, he's like, we don't need you. He's like, you got the blowtorch. You were trying to blowtorch this guy's ass. I don't know. What was he doing? Fucking around. He got fired. The guy's like, I, he was right. You needed to have this deal where this guy gets approached by Rath and says, listen, you fire this guy or you're fired and he's forced into it. Well, they kind of talk about that along the lines, though. Well, they just say everybody's getting fired, but where? Rathbone, there's other businesses they they can get jobs. They make it seem like nowhere in town they can work now, because and that's the forced play of getting them out of the marina because they won't be able to afford it. But we really only saw one dude get fired. I, I just it's bad work. It's nothing set up. Nothing progresses in any sort of way, and you just have nonsense. And Tim Drake is walking through this convolution of a book. He doesn't have a clue. He doesn't the worst know what's happening. How are you going to do the wall? How are you going to do proper Robin stuff with fucking uh you know? His fucking landlord, James, walks in like he's Mr. Furley. He doesn't <laughs> knock or anything. He's always going to be showing up unannounced. Yeah. <laughs> I love when he's like, you can't do that. But yet, he, he actually, if it's not for him, this whole shit doesn't go anywhere. He you know does what? James is the hero we deserve. But it's weird Lynchpin. because is the weird play is even that, like, 
you could have it, it was so saucy <laughs> why are you playing that angle everything is like against each other and what the hell happened to that clay face in the tub it's all i, I don't care about get it. i don't even get it I, it's just Johnny, so it's goofy bad. to think of clay face mixed with venom and you're selling this to make people into shapeshifters for your diabolical plan but i will gladly take that shit over anything we've had with the first second and this issue of robin you have that right can you in your mind, because you said you could make the continuity work in that Blue Beetle, which it was set up in a way that it was easier to do, right? Yeah. Tell me, looking at that last page, that you could sit there and tell me that this is the diabolical genius that's working Venom and Clayface and doing shit also with a rope as long hair in these books. I, it just doesn't work. I'm trying to look, to The art is so bad. In the back, he does have what might be a lava lamp, but might actually have Clayface shit in it. I don't well, the know. thing is, I don't know because I still assume because like Bernard's here that this was Tim Drake's freaking vault, like you know. Maybe. Do you think? Because there's a big library there. It doesn't. Maybe it is. Maybe that's the case. I see this weird play in the background that looks like a lava lamp, right? Yeah, but again, well, the art it looks so like a lava up. lamp, but a four foot tall lava lamp. Yeah, and on a chair. <laughs> it also might be a cotton candy machine. I don't know. Riley Rossmo's art. Does not do well. We talked about this. At one point, there was a mystery going on in the one Harley book, and we're like, you can't get clues from the, him, his art because nothing looks like anything. It's well, all so, fucked up. And it's such a weird situation because I talked about in the last issue that I was enjoying the story so I could look beyond the art. And this one, I could not enjoy anything in the story, so the art sucked overall for me. And I'm back to the idea where I don't like mostly anything and anything in this issue. So I ended up giving this a 3.5 out of 10, but maybe even a 3 out of 10 because the progression is forced, convoluted, and it's just the Batgirl show because they for just to be a wow moment. Hopefully I get people to buy this book because I don't understand anybody who would, except for a long time Tim Drake fans who want to slit their wrists they now. They have to be but done, right? It's just nothing about this book is ultimately so good. Going I just three? want it to be good. Three out of ten. Mm-hmm. Erica, I'm, I'm telling you that song, How Low Can You Go? Because I'm going too. It, it's bad. This this is some of the worst art we're getting in a, a monthly book. And the story is bullshit. Because I'd love to give it a fuck you five. I can't because that's too high. People I would end up like, the wrong oh idea. my, they got a five. Even with that fuck you, that's not good enough. This is a how dare you fucking two is what this is because I have how to end up reading you? it. And you're here hoping for your one of your favorite characters of all time to have a good book. I'm just here. Tim Drake, I, and that's the worst. This is like the most I've been reading Tim Drake. <laughs> this is my Tim oh, Drake. Oh, God damn it. Like, you know, when, when they say, where well, we talk about the Flash, and I say, well, my Flash is Barry because... I jumped in New 52, and he was the Flash. So that's my Flash. This could better not be anybody's Tim Drake. If this I mean, is like, anybody's Tim Drake. For what I feel like it was like 15 years. Just Everything was good about it for the most part. Go read the original Robin series. Here's the deal. I, I would not be opposed to right now. I, we're not going to do it probably. But right now, starting when any issue, of, we start with that old series at issue number one, the next time this comes out, and we actually review a good Tim Drake book. I think it'd be cool. I don't think we'll do it because we want to stay current with the books. Agree. Might be something, though, uh, that would be kind of neat because this is bad. I mean, we've dropped some books that were <laughs> double good. To that. What is it? Two times better? as good as this. Better. <laughs> That's the word. And again, this book is, I told you, this book has made me dumb. I ended up, when I read it, I, I sent you a message. I said, though, well, it's, it's a little column A, column B. But I did say to you, after reading this book, I felt like I was just, you know, out of it. I ended up, I couldn't think straight. 
with this nonsense. I'm, I'm laughing that I didn't realize this was Bernard. That's how convoluted I'm going with the story that he says I have Bernard. I'm like, who's that dude? Ooh, Bernard. But even then, if that is the boat, which I'm not sure now, because in that boat, did he have one of those old time, you know, lamps, you know, those crazy lamps with the, the crazy shade on it that's like well, I'm uh, sure we could always go back to the layout of his of his boat. I'm hoping that it is the boat because but that's ultimately a, it doesn't matter where this is right now. All I'm saying is I'd love it to be the boat because that is the stupidest plan of any villain to go and kidnap a guy and then call him while they're still in the guy's house. <laughs> like that would be hilarious. I'm looking his the, the boat is not that big. You know, when I see him in that he's kind of like sitting on a table. It's like me here. He's reading, he's squatting down. That's when the landlord comes in. Oh my, actually, that's when Bernard comes with sustenance. He shows up. Just nonsense. Who likes this book? This is bad. I said, Megan Fitzmartin has one goal and one goal only to prove that the Clunrads are not that bad. That's all I get from this because it's fucking stupid and bad. Stupid there. Uh, what would you get? remember? Remember when you said that you didn't like this one time? I was I forget what book and I'm like I don't like this. It's stupid. You just kept you saying made, it. You made so much fun because I couldn't come up with anything else because it was that bad. That's how bad this one is. It's stupid. <laughs> stupid. What is your book of the week? My book of the week is Ashley Comics number one thousand fifteen. Mm-hmm. Goodness gracious, this book is so bad. I'm Action Comics. This one, it was good. I actually, and that's what you want from that ten fifty. Hey, 1050, good buddy. I don't like call it a 1050 for some hey, reason. Hey, 1050, I'm hauling blood here on mile marker 7. What's your 10480? My 10480s, go fuck yourself. Oh, man, Grifter, get off of that CB. And scene. You like that, Eric? I threw a little DC verse. <laughs> I'm, I'm all a swirl here. I'm looking at that page, that spread page, where Tim is there with the cipher wheel around him, and he's coming up where I was sitting there. I'm like, does he have hero clicks of these fucking assholes? Has he made little clay figures? This is weird. The one Does guy he make uh, hero clicks? Wally Sipe. I don't know, but Wally Sipe certainly looks like a homeless guy. Look at that guy. He's all, you know, dirty and shit. But there was a bunch. And he's, it's funny, too. So dirty he, and shit. He's there. Well, there you go. Is that next one? Because there's Tim. He's doing things. He's trying to figure it out. You have Wally Sipe, who appears to have accessories for his little action figure that might be a burn barrel. Because he's a homeless guy, but he also has a briefcase. I don't get his play. He's got a bunch so of bags. A briefcase, a shopping bag, a and a burn. And again, I want to see a burn barrel, but it looks, actual, like, right? it looks like a drum turned on his side set on fire. And then I'm thinking that maybe it's actually like a drink that Tim has there, but, it's not, but it looks like an accessory, right? Honestly, that could just be his coffee, right? And then you have, yeah. But it's weird because it's like little, but it's really on fire. Maybe he's incense, you know, he's into that shit. You end up where Kathy Horn's Horn there, and he's like, okay, let me make her figure. Well, I'll have her boobs spilling out of this top of some sort, and she's yelling incessantly at somebody. Old like, Kathy Horn. You know Kathy Horn is not real fun to be around. She is screaming and yelling in just this caricature of herself. You're like, ah, you damn kids, get off my front lawn. She doesn't have a lawn, Eric. She lives in an apartment, and she's you still yelling. That. It's like the holler ladies that lived above me. I didn't like them. They turned out okay. She's yelling and like, I'm telling you, that left boob is about to spill out. Oh, my goodness. Then you go to Carol Donovan, which I actually wish that it was Deb Donovan. That would have been a little cool twist there. That's another Donovan like in the family. Yeah, yeah. Carol Donovan, probably the, you know, other sister here. What was Deb's daughter's name? Yeah, I can't remember, but she was a damn judge. But I feel like it was Carol as well, though. 
Maybe, I don't but remember this, though. This kept, but she might be dead, Eric. We didn't know. Batman let her die. Speaking of Batman not doing his job right, he let her jump off the bridge. You end up this Carol Donovan. She's an influencer. She loves her coffee and she likes to do the Instagrams. I can tell her. <laughs> there you go. And scene. Wally's psyched though. That guy's a tall dude. He might not be wearing pants. I'm, I'm not really sure. But yeah, action comics, sir. Pretty cool. Okay, her daughter's name was Carolyn Donovan. Okay, well, that's the same thing. What the fuck's yeah. going on? Maybe but she's, she's dead now. No, she came back as an influencer. Her karma made her an influencer, Eric, but somehow she's also aged. That was the worst thing that people didn't really talk about, that Batman just let her die. All right, now oh, that tower story really hit hard. Uh, but yeah, we end up Is where... the tower story? That was after the tower story. Yeah, it was still part of it, I thought. I still thought it was still part of the nonsense that we're doing because that was when they were going after everybody. And it was... Remember, that was like the support group nonsense and all that shit going. It bl- bled into the Gotham Girl deal, the backups and stuff. You end up where... Uh, yeah, I'm I'm excited about the Superman books. So at least we have that. We have that to look forward to, Eric. All the Superman I, books. I, I'm not looking forward to this nonsense of Tim Drake. This is the black eye of the DCU right now. And they got a lot of black eyes, right? They got a lot of wow. eyes. Uh, we didn't really like the Detective Comics. We didn't like a lot of the things today. Hopefully things get better. But next week, we don't have a lot of books. We actually have a, you know, I actually thought maybe we wouldn't have a ton the bunch of weeks that we had with the holidays but it seems like next week is the one where we only have five books that we deal with so we have five two of these will be on the patreon spotlight picked by the badasses of the get fresh crew and when you have a little bit of books here some you can kind of guess might be on the deal i it's weird i know that we aren't loving the joker the man who stopped laughing but i think they might pick that and i still look forward to it every goddamn time it comes out that's you are a, a eternal optimist, my friend. You're the light in my. It gut. has a story that compels me. It might not turn out to be good. They're not giving me a lot of information right now, but I am drawn in. No, that is true. Who writes that one there, Eric? Who's Matthew the writer? The- oh, oh, Matthew. Yeah, it's going to end up shitty. Vendetta. <laughs> it it might be better. I mean, here's the thing. Most of us things start out pretty good. This one's maybe you'll get better as it goes on. But we have Batman 131. See what's going on with this crazy Bruce Wayne who ended up in the alley. Is he going to be dead? Is he alive? Is he dead or alive? The band who's some spin me round and round. I don't know. We'll I played see. him at the bar last night. Yeah, really? I, I that That's a classic. That is a really so good. good song. Yeah. That, and it's funny, when I think of that, I think of Come On Eileen because it was really the, the, the both bands there. Really, that's all they had, and they kept doing this. But the one thing hits. is, the, the music, the sound of that synthesizer in Dead oh, or yeah. Alive is something like, how did they come up with this noise to put together into this amazing ballad of record playing oh, spinning yeah. right round? It is great. <laughs> I love the idea where that always. Has I love that a, sound so much. That, that song as a thing for me because when my buddy Jay, he ended up on the Napster. Like back uh-huh. in the day, and, and nobody else, like this was right when it kicked off. And I think he was even on IRC at this point, just getting MP3s. And I didn't know what that was. It was just new. And he ended up being in this group. And this one guy, man, I keep trying to get round and round. I keep getting stiff. And he sent him the rat song. Yeah. Thinking of that, what is. Uh, that's no, what, he, that's, that's what I would send him. Yeah, but that's not what this guy wanted. Obviously, that's what I always send him. what he's talking about. Yeah, it was funny. They, well, again, that was where I realized that people were dumb. And I might have realized before that, but it was one of those fun little things that as these songs that he would get, 
Like, oh my God, people thought that this song was by Huey Lewis, but it was actually oh, well, something dude, else. It well, always makes me laugh. I remember looking up, you know, House of the Rising Sun, and here's one by the Animals, here's one by the Doors, by the and doors. here's one by I, Adam I was going to say, I was sure that they would say the Doors at that yeah. point. Yeah, you get a lot of that. You get like, you know, whole lot of love and some asshole thinks it's Aerosmith or something like that. And that was always funny. I always laughed at that. But Batman 130. All right. We'll see yes, how sir. that is. <laughs> Speaking of House of the Rising Sun, we have the son who uh, he, we'll see if failsafe did he kill bruce wayne doubt it, did he kill himself he? what's going on i don't know all oh, those robots dark knights of steel number nine we haven't had that in a while i did hear a thing where i'm oh, not gonna have it again that, for a while yeah it's a weird thing that almost like tom taylor just said hey it'll come out when it comes out but we're enjoying it as it goes so i'm looking forward to that the joke of the man who stopped laughing number four as we said earlier Poison Ivy number eight. That book is weird. It, it just so has weird. it has no direction, and it really started now. dark. And then yeah, we'll see. We'll see what's going on. I think we'll have some hijinks. I will. Uh, sort of as on, on the six. cover it says friends in low places where it looks like you know Pamela is holding the hand of somebody in the hospital who's dying. So I don't know about oh, hijinks. My. Is it Garth Brooks? I can't tell. It's it's it says uh, on the hospital band it says Janet. No, it's not Garth Brooks then. It's Janet Brooks. Uh, Poison Ivy number eight, though, we'll be doing that. And Sword of Azrael number six, a book. Yeah, a book that we actually were pretty into, and then it's kind of meandering itself. I hope that this ends The the idea of how that book changed. Yeah, again, that was the big thing. Last issue when we talked about it, I do believe it might have been on the Patreon spotlight. But we talked about it and kind of realized, oh, crap, it all ends next issue. And all we wanted was more vengeance, and we didn't really get it, but we'll see. We'll see how but that maybe goes. Maybe it's just yeah. like every other DC story where it's just a stepping stone to something else. Yeah, that's that's getting annoying. It really is. But we'll see. And I'd like to have some good endings to stories. You've you got to nail the ending, and it doesn't seem like that's been happening. But we'll see. We shall see. But, yeah, two of these books will be on the Patreon Spotlight. You can listen to that, patreon.com slash weirdscience. And also there'll be a lot of other shows. We have a plethora of shows. We have a ton of DC Marvel manga and indie stuff going on on our patreon each and every day so kind of check that out in the new year but that's it this is the last show this will be out on the first new year but me and you are talking as the new year is approaching so everybody happy new year happy new year to you you asshole maybe you'll end up i was gonna ask you at one point like what do you think because neither me or you make new year's resolutions but i was gonna ask you what do you want from DC? What do you hope from? And by the end of this, I just want him to write some good comics. And I'm have telling you, stuff things. that we have coming out, you'll pish posh because it's not coming out all right away, but I look forward to all these newly announced titles coming out for the dawn of the DCU. Yeah, and when I say about the deal, and me and you have talked even off the mic, I wish that you had that big push where, boom, they all the books come out so everybody can get excited about one because then you go to the store and people will say, well, now that I picked up Shazam, Check out the Doom Patrol And you don't really get that If it comes out Dribs and drabs like that And I, that's what I wanted When you end up having Remember when the deal was Rebirth came out And most people I'm buying all of them Everybody was getting All these books And that was cool uh, And it was a big pull And everybody was excited together That's what I wanted But You know these Superman books If you're not reading Any of those Check it out If you have the app You know Check out some of the Philip Kennedy Johnson stuff Which was really good Leading to this And then we'll go from there Something just flew in my mouth. 
<laughs> what? <laughs> I, think the hell? I, sw- I think I swallowed a fly. I'm the old man who swallowed a fly. Uh, I don't but know why yeah, I swallowed a fly. I'll probably die. Yeah, hopefully. That's my New Year's resolution. I actually did something last night that I thought was funny, and I wasn't going to say anything, but I did. I won't tell you exactly what it was, but I, I think I might die this year. So what I did was I every year. Well, I think I'm. I think this is it. (laughs) I think my time in the mortal coil is coming to an end. I'm gonna have Ram V write my obituary because by the time somebody ends up reading through it, they'll probably have a cure for my ass and they'll get me out of the ice and cure me. But I ended up uh, scheduling a tweet for down the line to let everybody know that I'm okay. (laughs) I ended up. I'm like, man, it's actually I have a tweet that will come out. Next year, around this time, next year, uh, right before the next New Year, talking about how I wish that I didn't pass away, Eric. Just so people be weirded out and think it's a ghost. It's no, a ghost. It's a weird, sad sack. Yeah. yeah. Uh, ghost You're still tweet, that man. emo kid who was going to write dark poetry to himself. Tweet. That's why I hate Ram V. I'm like, he did it. He's doing my dream. Also, I also wanted a morning zoo. We kind of have that here. So at least I did half of it, right? I wish I had something to play. That that would be the deal. All right. Hey, everybody, just remember. Where's the beef? Oh, my God. What do you think of uh, Big Fart Friday, Eric? Unacceptable. That's it. We're done. Have a happy new year. We'll see you all in the new year, as we say all the time, Eric, every podcast. But what do you say at the end of every show? Everybody have a great week. Get weird. And we'll see you in seven. See you in seven. Go read comics. You are all weirdos. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution.